Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 220 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing fine, Joe. Uh, I've shoveled twice today. I refuse to do it a third time, but I feel like if I don't, I won't get packages, so I'm in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> we got nothing uh, down my way. We got, like, a little bit of slush. Yeah, I mean, I have slush, but it's piling up, and now, like, when you get a shovel full of it, it weighs a ton, and then it turns into ice, so that's that's where we're at. Now, they claim we're supposed to get more overnight, so I'm just like, screw it, I'll wait till overnight, you know? No, I got you. You're lucky. And like I said, I've shoveled twice already, and I can hear it, like, it sounds like rain on the window, and I'm like, that's not good. That's That's not good at all. Just go to an all AstroTurf uh, front yard and get those heated sidewalks and all the other things that all the other fancy gentlemen have. Well, the funny thing is I, I own a snowblower. Somebody gave me one when I got my house, yeah. but it has a cord. It's an electric one that you plug in. Okay. That's way too much effort. It's just easier for me to just shovel because all I have to do is shovel my from like the front of my house to the street, which isn't that that far. It's maybe like three car lengths. And I don't shovel out my Jeep because that's what four wheel drive is for. So I don't have much. So by the time I got that snowblower out of my garage, plugged it in, it, it's not worth it. You um, you should have you should have had someone steal a extra long industrial strength uh, extension cord for your snowblower um, from like a job, like a government job site like I allegedly <laughs> did. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Mayan can be, and Mayan is like a hybrid, like elect. It's not. It's not a snow blower. Technically, it's a snow thrower. Whatever you know. I didn't know um, there was a difference. I didn't know there was a difference either. But apparently, like, um, Troy built or whatever it was. Like, it's just it's it's stupid branding bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, but it's either electric or gas. And I went and I pulled it out this morning, expecting that we're gonna have like four to eight inches today. And we got slush and uh, a snow thrower slash blower doesn't do shit for slush, you know? Yeah, I gotcha. But I'll tell you this, when that thing is like when there's actual snow on the ground and that thing's purring, like we can get the driveway, my walks and like the neighbors on either side's walks done in like less than an hour, you know? Yeah. And hey, no, uh, no van in the way. So that's good. That's well, listen, all the shit was going to get thrown on top of the van, you know, because yeah. usually what we would do is we would just throw everything into the yard as we're, th- you know, uh, s- throwing the snow. But uh, listen, I, I, I'm going to say that maybe one of the snakes in the basement might have got thrown on the car, the van. <laughs> and it's crawling around in the van now, but it's not my problem anymore. Spoilers for uh, After Dark this week. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, Joe, we got a pack show. We should get to it. Well, I was going to mention, uh, Adam, did you listen to me on uh, If You Catch My Grift this week? I did. I listened to it. Uh, it, it took me two settings just because I didn't have a long drive to, to do it in one shot. But uh, I got to listen to it a couple days ago, and it was a great show. I uh, enjoyed your appearance. Got to hear all about Longbox Heroes. Enjoyed that. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, great show. I, but like I said, I listened to him before you were on there, but uh, it's two worlds colliding, so it was a good time. Right. So I, I will say a lot of times, like, I'm very in the moment and I'm ready to plug whatever I just most recently did. And I was kind of angling of like, well, they have a few more listeners than I do um, on any of my shows. And I'm like, if I could pick up one of their listeners on the Patreon. And that was my thought process. And we had just recorded. 
the Patreon show and uh, Austin in the back, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Austin in the background of his setup. He has a bunch of Batman shit on the wall, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, Batman stuff and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'll say, you know, I don't know if you want to plug this show. Maybe you should go on some podcasts is all, you know? <laughs> uh, that's true, but I'd probably just plug Porch Talk. Well, see, there you go. And I wouldn't say nothing. If you plug, if you plug Porch Talk, I'd be like, that's the right show to plug, you know? Yeah, I think that the moral of the story at the end of the day is I blame Charlie Butters for not being there. Because if he was there, he would have plugged that odds more. So gotcha. it's really on him. Gotcha. All right. Well, you are right. It is a big show, so let's get into it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right, so this day in wrestling history, and I know it goes against Adam's rule, and this is what I say about Adam's rule. Ha, <laughs> On this day in wrestling history in 1987, uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment held their second annual live, like, you know, aired, broadcast, Slammy Awards, right? Yeah, and, I'll, I'll allow this, because this is a silly little bit, you know? Okay. It's Vince being silly, so it's okay. Well, well so here's the thing. I don't do the at odds like weeks in advance, like the, the this day in wrestling history, like weeks in advance, you know, mm. if I knew that this was going to be uh, on today, I would have rearranged and had us doing homework that we'd be talking about this today. That being said, we will not be talking about this today because my next homework that I'm assigning to you is from 1987, the second annual Slammy Awards. Uh, enjoy watching that, and I look forward to hearing you discuss it. It's an hour, six minutes long. It's on YouTube, and you will love it. All right. All right. You get a, this, I don't know how many years and years and years we've been doing this show. It feels like 20, right. but I will allow one violation of my rule this for homework. This is my one. Uh, right. and, and Adam, I will say... To tease you a bit with it, it's going to be like watching like that end era of the LJNs come to life. <laughs> All right, you hooked me when it comes to toys. You know, like, you know so my triggers. Lit- literally every person on the show, except for one, has an LJN. All right. And that's superstar Billy Graham is the only person that doesn't have an LJN. Every single other person on there has an LJN. How does he not have an LGN? Not that I'm an LGN, like, aficionado. I own one. Yeah. You know, two, actually. Yeah, I think I think they ended up doing the right thing of not making a Superstar Billy Graham LGN, because Superstar Billy Graham's a pain in the ass. Well, so aren't pretty much all of the people who have LGNs. Mm, if they're not... Listen, Duggan's a good guy. Um, the people that pretend to be the Iron Sheik seem to be okay. <laughs> Hulkster's just a little racist. Um, Jake the Snake, Brutus yeah. Beefcake. Okay, they are all pretty bad people. Yeah. Vin, hey, Terry, oh, no. Terry Funk's a good guy, right? Terry Funk's not in this. This is like... No, but I mean he has an LJN. Yeah, he is an LJN. He's a good guy. Um, but okay, also on this day in wrestling history, 1996 was uh, from West Palm Beach, Florida, In Your House, It's Time. Uh, named after Vader's catchphrase, uh, shockingly absent from this card is Vader. <laughs> yeah, conspicuous by his absence. I'm looking at the card. Right. Uh, Flash Funk versus Leaf Cassidy in an early Flash Funk match. Uh, Owen and the Bulldog defending the tag titles against 
uh, fake Razor and fake Diesel, and this is more or less their swan song. I think they have maybe like two or three more TV matches, including fake Diesel being like one of the final four or five in the 97 Royal Rumble, which is pretty silly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mark Merrow versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley for the Intercontinental title. Uh, the Undertaker versus the Executioner uh, in an Armageddon rules match, which is essentially just like a Falls Count Anywhere's match. Um, this was, that, is, was that Terry Gordy at the time? Is, yeah, that is Terry Gordy, and this is more or less the end of Terry Gordy. I think he gets one more TV spot where Mankind and Paul Bearer turn on him, and that's the end of that. And then Sid, uh, who's the champion, taking on Brett for the title. Sean is on commentary. And if you like uh, someone on commentary who's pilled up and burying everything that they see, then this I is do. the match for you. I do. That's that's exactly what I want in my commentary. Excellent. Right. Uh, so this, this, this show sucks. Um, it's not a good show, but it's on this day in wrestling history, you know? Yeah. Uh, this day in wrestling history as well. We have our 1997 head-to-head Raw vs. Nitro. Uh, we are two weeks away from Starcade. Uh, so, of course, Nitro is a three-hour Nitro. Uh, this is Mr. Hitman's debut on Nitro, where he comes out and cuts a promo and says that he'll be the referee for the uh, Larry Zbysko versus Eric Bischoff match at Starcade, the co-main event, of course, to which Eric Bischoff is like at an all-time high of douchebaggery during Brett's promo. Yeah, I, I watched this clip, and I just want to say that, like, if it wasn't for Mean Gene Okerlund trying to inject some energy into that, that could be put on as Exhibit A of anybody who says that Bret Hart's terrible at promos, because that, that promo was bad. It Bret never felt right in WCW, ever. And from the very beginning, he just felt like a man out of place, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this um, entire Nitro, like I said, it's a three-hour Nitro. Um, it's in uh, it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's all built around Ric Flair versus Kurt Henning for the U.S. title as the main event. Um, Kurt Henning comes out and cuts a very clearly and very much inebriated promo that goes way too long. So they have to cut the main event down to, like, literally five seconds. For an NWO run-in, and Adam, I know you, I don't know if you watched this clip today. I did. You did watch this? Oh, yeah, I, I follow this day, in w, right. this day in history on Twitter, so. I'm, I'm going to play this on the air. Hey, Hennig! How you feeling, boy? So it ends up being DDP and Henning at Starcade is the match. Okay. I got a spot right here for you, Hennig! The U.S. title still in the ring. The ring is loaded with trash. Hennig! Come on out here and feel the bat! Okay, close up on DDP. Hennig and we hear the music. And we have fans rushing the ring. Yeah, two of them. <laughs> David Penzer grabs one and just whips him out. <laughs> Randy Anderson has a guy who's very clearly unconscious. The NWO music. And I think Randy Anderson probably broke that guy's neck. <laughs> to which I say, good as well. Yeah. What a disaster WCW was at this time. 
Yeah, I, I do miss seeing garbage on in the ring, though. I think uh, if you go to a bad indie nowadays, I think it should be we should bring back throwing garbage into the ring, like mm. the old uh, orange juice containers that they'd sell you at the the merch table that came in like a cardboard box. I I know I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. Uh, going to see WWE at the CYC like pre nineteen ninety, we mm. were like a C town, so we would get advertised main events of Brickhouse Brown versus Iron Mike Sharp. Yeah. And, like, the heels would just get pelted with those orange drink containers, right? And in that match of Iron Mike Sharp versus Brickhouse Brown, he grabbed one of the orange drink containers and used it as a foreign object. Like, behind (laughs) the referee's back, he used it to rake Brickhouse Brown's eyes and then, like, threw it out of the ring, and the referee's like, what were you doing? And he's like, I don't got nothing. And then the referee would turn his back and then Iron Mike Sharp would just pick another one up off the canvas. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And then they did it like three or four times until the referee like finally cleared all the shit out of the ring. But um, yeah, I think throwing like paper cups is okay. But like, I think you're going to run the risk of someone throwing like, remember they threw like, didn't they throw a pair of scissors at Broski after the match with uh, Nick Gage? Yeah, scissors and full beer cans and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not saying the pelt and like like Broski got it at GCW, but I'm I'm saying like the paper stuff, you know. Empty so at, at an indie show, like when they would bring the tomatoes in the olden days, you'll yeah. have a container of crumpled up paper cups for people to throw. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I learned that from watching Heels on Stars that like oh. the promoter will just like plant stuff in the crowd for them to throw. Hmm. Like bo- like little tissue packets, you know, when the the baby face was whining, you know. Uh, I learned all my my wrestling knowledge from heels now. Yeah, is that CM Punk is a Tracy Smothers knockoff with a, dr- a drone of a possum? Isn't that <laughs> well, a just thing you that wait? Just you wait. My retaliation for having to watch something from before 1990 is that we're going to do TV talk for season two. Okay. <laughs> We'll see how that works. Um, but also uh, notable from this Nitro, Adam, you probably remember a couple of weeks ago talking about these 1997 Nitros where uh, leading up to um, the match at uh, that was supposed to be Scott Hall versus Larry Zabisco at uh, Starcade, which ends up being Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco, uh, young plucky upstart Chris Jericho got a win over Scott Hall. I vaguely remember that. You know, well, I feel like my my knowledge that I retained of Jericho starts with his cruiserweight run. Right. So uh, that was a couple weeks prior, 25 years ago. Uh, 25 years ago today on Nitro, Scott Hall gets his win back and moitalizes Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, All right. Just bringing that up for no reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 25 right, years ago today. Everybody gets their win back is what you're saying. Well, that's well, may I will I'm maybe I'm saying something and maybe we'll get into it, right? Yeah. So over on uh Monday Night Raw, uh from Durham, New Hampshire, uh we've gotten more building of the allegiance between the New Age Outlaws and DX as uh New Age Outlaws beat up Dude Love yet again. Um and again, that's two weeks in a row that Dude Love gets beaten up. He doesn't have anyone to help him. Doesn't have any backup. The day is coming. Um, 
The main event is Legion of Doom against Sean and Hunter. And then New Age Outlaws come in and it's a four on two beatdown. And they like they they destroy the Legion of Doom. Like they put them through tables, they shave off Hawks like reverse Mohawk, and they just leave them laying. And like a really good, you know, like changing of the guard sort of thing in what WWE was going to be doing over the next couple of weeks and months here. Um but I have to play this, okay? All right. And I don't know, did you watch this as well? I did not. It's been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the days of our lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like <laughs> the King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like <laughs> Seinfeld, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero urge you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Shots fired. We've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Raw and the war zone, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as it relates to the younger audience allowed to stay up late. Other WWF programs on USA, such as Saturday Morning Livewire, and Sunday morning superstars where there's a 40% increase in the younger audience, obviously, however, need no such discretion. We are responsible television producers who work hard to bring you this outrageous, wacky, wonderful world known as the WWF. Through some 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been an entertainment mainstay here in North America and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity is as the times have changed, so have we. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in television viewership, for which we thank USA Network and TSN for allowing us to have the creative freedom. But most especially, we would like to thank you for watching. You're welcome. All in the war zone are definitely the cure for the common show. So, so many times over the last several weeks, we've sat here and we're like, this is the beginning of the Attitude Era. No, no, this is the beginning of the Attitude Era. This promo right here 25 years ago is the official beginning of the Attitude Era. You think so? In, in that two and a half minutes, Vince says a lot of bullshit, says ex, extra, extra painous, I can't even say the <laughs> word. He says however like 16 times. However. He gets all the Vince, Vince catchphrases like be that as it may. <laughs> um, but in layman's terms, this is just saying like, Hey, all the shit that we've been doing for like the last year and a half hasn't worked. We're just like changing everything that we do officially going forward from here. Yeah. And I also look forward to him cutting a similar promo in a couple of weeks when he uh, comes back and like rests power away from Papa H. <sighs> I hate, I hate <laughs> Papa H. Um, but also, th this is the Raw where, and this is the other one where, like, is this the episode? Was that the episode? This is the one where Austin throws the Rock's Intercontinental title. Uh, in the the river, yeah, 
And this is also the official beginnings of there being dissension in the Nation of Domination with, like, Farouk starting to get fed up with The Rock. Okay. We're still we're still a couple weeks away from that on Young Rock. We're only at the point where he <laughs> discovered that he can refer to himself in the third person. or Yeah, third person? First person? I don't know. Where he started mm-hmm. saying The Rock. Uh, so maybe we'll get to that soon. Uh, so other ones we could just do some quick hitters on. This day, 2002, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held the Armageddon pay-per-view from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, pretty much a shit pay-per-view. Um, two... Uh, three stages of hell match between Triple H and Sean. No memory of that whatsoever. So everyone remembers Sean winning the belt in the first elimination chamber. No one remembers Triple H winning the belt back at the pay-per-view following. Everyone does remember the program that Triple H starts after this with Scott Steiner. Oh, yeah, with the the push-up competition. And the pose down and Triple H doing all of his Harley Race cosplay bullshit. Yes, yes. Yep. The golden um, age of Triple H. Yes, oh boy. Um, also, this day in wrestling history, 2013, uh, from Houston, Texas, World Wrestling Entertainment held the TLC pay-per-view. Uh, the big takeaway from this one, um, so uh, the two big takeaways, so the main event is Cena versus Orton in a table ladders and chairs match to unify the WWE and world titles, and they would never be broken up ever again. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, but two key matches just going back that I really have no memory of. One match was Punk against all three members of the Shield in a handicap match, and Danielson against all three members of the Wyatt family in a three-on-one handicap match. Yeah, I mean, it's, it goes without saying I have no memory of that either. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and the last one I just want to mention, this is recent history, you know, but it's interesting to talk about. Uh, this day in wrestling history, 2019, just three years ago, okay? All right. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment held the TLC pay-per-view from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and just to run down the card, uh, we have Big E and Kofi taking on uh, The Revival in a ladder match. All right, there. that's two people that aren't there anymore. Okay, we got Al Black taking on Buddy Murphy. Hey, they're friends now. That's right. Uh, we got the Viking Raiders taking on Gallows and Anderson. All right, they're, they've been with the company the whole time, so that's okay. Uh, the whole time? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> uh, we have Corbin taking on Roman in a TLC match, and Corbin wins. This. Oh, Ro- I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, this. Uh, I just saw that this, this is the last time that Roman Reigns was pinned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, and this is this is when Bray is the fiend. But if you remember, this is the one match that he wrestles as like in the sweater and pants. Yeah, this was one of those brief babyface Miz runs. Yeah, it didn't last long, but I think this was because like somehow like Wyatt was targeting Maurice or something to that effect. Something like that. Yeah. Like the puppets showed up in like the Miz's kids' rooms or something. Yeah, yeah, great storytelling. Uh, Bob Lashley versus Rusev in a tables match. Whatever happened to that guy, Rusev? Bob Lashley, well, he got fired on Monday, and then he was rehired on Tuesday on Twitter. Oh, all right. Oh, Rusev, you mean? I don't know. He hasn't been on TV in a while. Mm, all right. Your creative has nothing for him. All right. And then the main event was uh, for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a TLC match 
taking on Asuka and Kyrie Sane. If you remember, uh, this is the match where Kyrie Sane is literally begging Charlotte Flair not to put her through the table, and Charlotte Flair does and like double concusses her. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just shocked to see a women's tag team match in the main event. You know, just for, especially for that time, doesn't make any sense. But yeah, they were definitely trying. You know. Hmm. But like I said, just quick hitters there, you know, just to just to see how, you know, 20 years ago, WWE was just kind of like, I don't remember what the hell was going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pass All right. This day in history. Yeah. So what would you like to start with, my good man, in regards to. Uh, All right. I'm going to start with week. I'm going to start with probably the biggest news from the past week. And I want to preface this by saying, um, like, we're recording this, obviously, on a Thursday. And Tuesday night, I get a DM. I won't incriminate the person, but the, let's just say they're one of my grease interns. Uh, <laughs> and they messaged me and they said, have you seen any of the Mandy Rose OnlyFans pictures? Uh, or something to that effect. And I was like, nah, I haven't seen them. But I, like, honestly, what's there to see? She's a contracted WWE talent it's all gonna be like bikini pictures it's gonna be stuff that's on instagram i'm not gonna fall for this it's a non-story like i don't care and the person's like okay you would know best i'm not gonna look into it and then i went to bed and then i woke up joe and i see notice that says mandy rose has been released from her wwe contract due to her content uh on her fan time which is just another type of only fans and i'm like what so i did a journalism and obviously, I looked into it, and uh, yeah, there, there's there's things that are uh, uh, like more uh, different than bikini pictures, Joe. And uh, she got fired for it. And the funny thing is that this is a company that obviously has multiple sex pests still on the roster, a cultural uh, like a culture of like sexual harassment, discrimination, sexual abuse, putting women on the cover of Playboy, telling talent that they're not pretty enough. Telling them to get like boob jobs or implying that they should, uh, you're not sexy enough. All that stuff, putting them in Playboy. This is the company that basically said, you know what? No, 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 Mandy Rose, you don't fit our company, like our squeaky clean moral company, and so we're gonna fire you. And I hope Mandy doubles down. I hope she just completely goes nuts, lets her freak flag fly on her fan time. Good time for all. I'm sure she'll land on her feet, but yet another example of people doing their side hustle better or at least making more money from their side hustle uh, than what the WWE is paying them. But it was just such a funny series of events of just how like it led up to me finding out about this. And like once again, fuck WWE. So uh, I will say um, fuck WWE for many and all of these reasons. Um, but I will also say, I remember a few months ago when the Tay Conte, um, Tay Mello, whatever, uh, OnlyFans went up or whatever it is that she has, right? Yeah. She has Uh, an actual OnlyFans. Right. So she has an actual OnlyFans. And then you were like, oh, this person, they have a similar OnlyFans, but it's not called OnlyFans. It's called whatever, right? And Chelsea was rumored to be going back. And she has the side one. And uh, Tennille just went back. And she has, like, not only fans, but it's a similar one, right? And you would postulate it out loud of, like, well, how come they're not doing anything with it, right? 
Uh, mm-hmm. Like, how come WWE's not stopping them from doing this, right? Yeah, because I was always under the impression going back to, like, you know, Paige got a lot of flack for Twitch streaming and, you know, Xavier Woods for a little bit of time and Adam Cole. You know, I thought that was, like, the big uh, edict. And I know that Triple H supposedly softened that. So I was just unclear what the policy was. Right. So that's the thing. There was no clear policy because I think we had postulated when we were talking about it all those weeks and months ago was that WWE is so narrow focused. It's like. Okay, we're going to put Tennille Dashwood into OnlyFans, and nothing comes up. She obviously doesn't have an OnlyFans moving on to the next person, right? Yeah, they didn't know to look at other sister-type websites. They didn't know to look at, like, these third-party whatever, whatever, whatever ones, right? Mm. And some of these people were smart to do it, not on OnlyFans, so that they could be under the radar of stuff. And I think it was around that time the reason that the story came into our purview was that on whatever her thing is called, Mandy Rose was offering a service that if you paid a certain amount of money and you sent her a picture of your dick, she would rate your dick for you, right? Yeah, and she must be backed up because I haven't gotten a response yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I – and then like – and everyone like now is saying like, oh, all she was doing was showing nipple, right? Uh, yeah, um, she showed more than that. But anyway. Okay, so she showed more than that, right? Yeah, and that's fine. I don't care. You're like that that's good for her, but I'm just clarifying. Good for her. Yeah. But if she had a thing on her and we're using OnlyFans as a catch-all, okay? Sure. Whatever it is that she has and she's doing a thing on there where she's rating people's dick sizes for a price, I had an inkling she might be doing a little bit more risque stuff than bikini pictures, you know? Yeah. And it turns out that she was, right? Now, um I will say WWE should not have penalized anyone uh, for doing this sort of thing. Or they should have given her the option, being that they are a PG company, they have a deal with Mattel, which is a very squeaky clean company, um, in a post-Benoit, post-Mattel world, um, that they should have just immediately fired her for something like this. But as is my understanding, they've warned her several times over the last six to seven months to cool it on there. Like, we'll look the other way if you cool it on there. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of kept up and up and up and also the reason she was busted from the main roster down to NXT is because she refused to get the vaccine to go on tour. Okay. And also... Being that she got busted down to NXT, she had to do, like, all the performance center stuff. And as is my understanding, she was either refusing to do so or not progressing to their abilities. So that last one is what they could hang their hat on and say, hey, even if we take all that other stuff out of the equation, and I'll be excited to see if people remember this. Or it comes up next time there's a pay-per-view, you know, whatever, premium live event, and Triple H does one of his press conferences if anyone brings this up, right? Sure. Well, the, my only my only thing is, and I obviously I didn't know about the anti-vaxxer stuff, that, that's disappointing, but if she wasn't progressing and just wasn't developing, why was she the second longest reigning, like, NXT women's champion? Like, why are they rewarding you know, somebody who's not listening to them when it comes to the OnlyFans and isn't, you know, participating to the fullest extent in the training or any of that stuff. It almost seemed like 
she was being rewarded for bad behavior because say what you want about NXT. It's not exactly the best place to be, but you're also the champ and to the general public, that's a good spot to be in. It definitely feels like mixed messages were being sent. Doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So that's my thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, I just hope now that she's out of the WWE purview umbrella, whatever she just goes full hardcore pornography on her site and makes like millions and millions of dollars. Good for her. Yeah, because it has to be if she was told, hey, knock this off or keep it from getting, you know, R-rated or X-rated or too whatever. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. keep it from getting too crazy. She had to be looking at those statements coming in from the fan time and then right. looking at her residuals from WWE and being like, all right, well, one of them's bigger than the other. And it's certainly not WWE. So you have to make a business decision. Well, typically one is bigger than the other just because, like, a lot of times they'll get, like, surgery to eat. Oh, you're talking about the checks. I'm sorry that you're talking about something else. And normally you have to pay her to tell you which one's bigger than the other. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, again, the whole situation sucks. I don't know all the facts. I know some of the facts. And I'm that's that's not educated enough for me to make a decision. Do I think she should have been fired? No. Do I think that she should have been doing, like, close to uh like simulated hardcore uh content on a third party site working yes. for the busting entertainment no um <laughs> but again these aren't my decisions i have no horse in the race i don't give a shit i think mandy rose is uh a stinky wrestler and not good um i know she's attractive but like i don't know sometimes you need a little bit more than that in 2022 but whatever yeah, I think that, you know, obviously, uh, I've been a, I don't want to say a fan, but I've appreciated some toxic attraction segments, mm-hmm. but that's more of a me thing than like something I could justify. But probably the last time Mandy Rose was entertaining when it was when she was in love with Otis and that, that got stomped out a long time ago. Right. So I, I will, um, so one of the things one of the things that I would like to talk about, and this is one that happened like literally, literally as we were done recording last week. So it feels like it was a hundred years ago, and you may not even be aware of it. Probably not. Uh, so the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame stuff came out. Okay. Now I'll say this: I don't care about any Hall of Fame. I don't care about Wrestling Observer. I don't care about WWE. I don't care about Cauliflower Alley. I don't care about any of them. Right? Whatever. <laughs> if it's an extra way. For someone in the business who can no longer make a living in the ring and by saying they're a whatever Hall of Famer gets them a couple extra bucks, great, right? Yeah, maybe puts them back in the public, you know, front of their memory, maybe sells a couple t-shirts or a figure or something. So in the modern category, someone who is on the ballot who did not get voted in to the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame was CM Punk. Now... If we're just looking at his current calendar year, because it's the modern era guys, current era guys, if you look at his last 12 months, he had a really good 12 months, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but because he did not get voted in by whoever votes in the Wrestling Observer polls, um, and they say it's people in the media, subscribers to the newsletter, so on and so forth, people were up in arms that Punk didn't get in. One, because of Punk bias from Dave Meltzer, and there absolutely is punk bias versus Dave Meltzer, because he's friends with Kenny in the box, and, you know, Dave can kind of manipulate those sort of things, but the real thing is, people were like, how dare 
they not let CM Punk into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, <laughs> where not only is Chris Benoit in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, but after he ate every bunny that was in his house, Dave had a special vote to see if, based on this, he should remain in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, and the voters of the Wrestling Observer voted to keep him in. People were going out of their minds about this on Friday. And granted, by Saturday, nobody cared. But I just thought it was funny that in the world of a Wrestling Observer reader, voter, writer, publisher, being mean to the Bucks and Kenny is a much more egregious offense than killing your wife and son. <laughs> Allegedly. We don't know where Kevin Sullivan Come was. Come on! <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously I didn't hear about this. This is something that if I did hear about it, like you said, I would have forgot about it by Saturday, but is it commonplace to, to like induct people that are active? Like, yes. is it like a yearly thing where it's like, oh, you're in the hall of fame cause you had a good year. Yeah. There's a whole thing where like, you have to get a certain amount of nominations to be on the ballot. And then if, if we're a current, like, I think like Roman was on it and Becky Lynch was on it, they didn't get voted in to the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So, but they did not go down in the number of votes. Like, I think it was, like, Becky's first year on, and it was Roman's, like, second or third year on. But because Becky's first year on, I think it's, like, something like, if you have three years in a row and you don't keep the same amount of nominations or votes, you're off the ballot for, like, another, like, seven years or something else. There's a whole bunch of bullshit involved with it, right? I don't know what it is. So who won the current era Hall of Fame or who got let, inducted? Let me look. While you're doing that, like if it's just some random indie guy and not Roman Reigns, I'm going to be like pretty mad. Like because as much of a non WWE fan as I am, Roman is literally on a god run. Like who in all of professional wrestling is on his level right now? There's not a single person. So how do hell do you not put roman reigns in the hall of fame is it just because he might have wrestled five matches you know i can kind of see that but go ahead so no one from the current like active got in because they didn't get enough votes um akira tawe and toshi uh kawada got in uh mystico got in uh kota ibushi and tetsu and naito got in uh vianos from mexico uh, Rollerball roller Mark Rocco uh, got in, and on the promoters, Lou Darrow and Johnny Doyle got in. <laughs> Sounds like these uh, voters are just high on the smell of their own shit. Like, um, I And again, I don't want to paint this brush. There are a lot of people that are, you know, our age and maybe a little bit younger that are voters, but a majority of the voters are 50 and over. Yeah, same thing happens in baseball, where it's right. the, you have these 80-year-old sports writers that don't recognize analytics or, like, real stats, and we have to wait until they die off before certain people can get in the Hall of Fame. Right, and I think it was, like, like Edge is one of, like, the more modern guys that are in, right? And it was right after he retired, um, and he ended up on the ballot, and it was a lot of sympathy vote or whatever it is, and he's, like, the most recent current guy in there but like the current guys get in there it's just they don't get enough votes to get on like they, they're they get enough nominations to get on the ballot they don't get enough votes to get into the wrestling observer hall of fame yeah after you named all of those household names that got in and you know it's it, there's just not enough room for 
a guy that was, as Brian Meyer says, the best wrestler in the world in 2008, you know? Right. Well, and listen, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know the promoters, but all the other names I know. But, you know, you're I, you. You're I'm you. me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think if you're going to have a wrestling hall of fame outside of like some of the luchadors or international talent, like over like in Europe and whatnot, or even the Japanese guys, which obviously I know all about, but I I think some of them should be recognizable. I don't know. Yeah. But what do I know? All right. I feel bad for CM Punk. I think that's the point of this story is that it's just, everybody keeps, you know, stomping him out and he just wants to wrestle and have a good time. He wants to do one of those things. I don't think CM Punk likes having a good time. He seems like a perennially miserable person. (laughs) I can relate. All right. Hates fun, hates bits. Oh, this and sounding more like you then, I guess. Wait a minute. Come on. (laughs) All right, Joe. Uh, My next thing is this past weekend, I went to a wrestle. Oh, that's right. Listen, there's been so much shit that's gone on. You went to a wrestle. Yeah, I went to, and I forget, it's all blurring together. I think it was Saturday? Friday? It was Saturday. Saturday. Thanks for keeping it straight, Joe. But I went to a PPW show, which uh, I guess is like Pennsylvania Pro Wrestling or Professional Pennsylvania Wrestling. I don't know. It it wasn't spelled out on the ticket. But uh, I actually, you know, every once in a while I'm on Facebook, you know, looking at the major group stuff. And I saw a friend of the show, Andy Hedder, had posted the (laughs) poster for the show and uh they they did the thing that you need to do to get me to go to the show and and it's put like an attractive redhead on the show poster okay so i said in uh our group chat uh i was like oh i should go to this show and like haha everybody had a good laugh but the more i thought about it they uh advertised vsk uh the the very controversial vsk and i'm like okay I wouldn't mind getting a Mark photo with VSK or maybe getting my micro brawler signed. Uh, they advertise, obviously, Andy Hedder. I've never met him. I've talked to him about figs on the internet a bunch and mu- our mutual love of Alexa Bliss. Uh, <laughs> and also, Dan Champion was advertised. He was a late addition. They, they added him to the card like maybe two, three days before the show. So I'm like, all right, where is this? It's like 40 minutes away. I'm like, I got nothing else going on. I'm going to head down. So... Went to the show, and Joe, as much as I complained about IWTV 100 being in an inferno of being, like, the hottest possible, like, venue to have a wrestling show, uh, this is the wrestling gods getting back at me. (laughs) This was in, like, a a nice venue, but it was basically a non-heated warehouse. So, like, going outside to smoke versus being inside was the same exact weather like there was really no change uh so that was a inconvenient thing but i get there uh i'll just say uh scoped out the uh recently released nxt talent not for me dog uh met andy talked to him about uh masters of the universe figures that were both on the hunt uh so we'll both be looking out for certain figs for each other uh so i asked andy i was like Hey, have you seen uh, Big Dan? He's like, no, I haven't seen him yet. Uh, I didn't even know he was on the card. I'm like, yeah, he was uh, added a couple days ago. So I text Dan Champion, and Dan's like, no, I'm not feeling great. I I couldn't make it. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. I'm like, all right, well, I'll catch you at LVAC. So I'm looking around. I'm like, man, where's VSK? Doesn't have a table set up. And uh, 
You know, I'm like, all right, well, maybe he's he's arriving late. You know, he's a big time TV star now. He's, you know, uh, uh, FWF champ or was the champ or whatever. You know, well, maybe he's getting a little bit of a, an ego, but uh, maybe he'll come out for intermission. So I don't think anything of it. I go to my front row seat and I have to say, like, when I walked in, you know, the promoters, the guy selling the tickets there. And I'm like, I don't have a ticket. I'm just showing up. And he's like, oh, where do you want to sit? I was like, honestly, I'm just going to, like, stand because that's kind of what I do at indie shows. Like, LVAC has got me trained to just stand around. Uh, and he's like, oh, we got front row available. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, well, I'll give you a front row for the same price as uh, standing room. I was like, all right, I'll take a front row. Uh, so that might have been a little bit of a, a clue that there, there weren't going to be a lot of people in attendance. But... Uh, <laughs> So I did sit down in the front row. There were pretty good seats. And I happened to be sitting next to the two crowd comedians. So after like the first match, I was like, well, I'm walking away and I'm just going to walk around for the rest of the show. Plus, I needed to do it to stay warm. <laughs> you know, I felt like if I wasn't keeping active, I would have froze. But um, I will say that the wrestling itself, I don't think there was like a stinker match. There was nobody on the show that I recognized. Um, and I'll get to that more on that in a second, but like, they're all people that like, I've never seen wrestle before, certainly not live. Uh, but there wasn't like your typical, like first or second match where it's like, all right, this is a scramble with a bunch of like terrible people in it. I think like every match had, uh, while not necessarily bangers, they were all entertaining matches. And I think this promotion is geared towards like the kids and, and bringing grandma and stuff. This is what broski would say is the promotion you'd go and you'd be like, chicken, chicken, you know, like you're trying to <laughs> cater to the little kids. So it was uh, not necessarily my type of like hard hitting wrestling or hardcore wrestling. But like, if you're a fan of LVAC, I think you would like this. But so anyways, intermission comes still no VSK. And I'm like, all right, I got to dig into this. What's going on. I'm looking at, their social media, there's nothing. There's nothing about Dan not being there. There's nothing about VSK. But I'm looking at the match listing that they advertised, and one of the guys that was uh, supposed to wrestle VSK, the guy who was supposed to wrestle VSK, had already wrestled earlier in the night because I just recognized him. I was like, oh, I have a sinking feeling that uh, VSK no-showed this or or couldn't make it, and uh, there's been no announcement about it. So... Not only did they advertise Dan Champion, but they also advertised VSK, and neither one of your these two top, top guys are showing up to the show, and you would think there would be some kind of thing where, like, I don't know, maybe I just remember going to ECW shows back in the day, and Paul Heyman would come out and say, like, Sabu's not here. If you want a refund, you have until the end of the first match. But if if something like that was said, if they had said, oh, VSK is not going to be here or Dan Champion's not going to be here, I would have stayed. Um, but, like, I wouldn't have spent the whole, like, show being like, oh, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? But so I'm a little upset about that. Uh, I can say that if they advertise a TV name in the future, I would not use that as a reason to go because I wouldn't trust it, if that makes sense. Like, oh, hey, this person is going to be at our next show. Well, if that's the only reason I want to go, I wouldn't go for that because, again, I have no you know, reliance on them actually falling through. But the last thing I'll say is, fun fact, VSK was supposed to wrestle a guy who did wrestle, had a great match, and that person was Action Andretti. 
So, really? Yep. So I saw him live in person a couple days before he did something on Dynamite. Oh, well, listen, it, it's all kismet. How about that? Huh? Exactly. Exactly. But like I said, at the end of the day, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, I expected to not enjoy it. I'll be honest with you. I was like, I don't know anybody that's on this. Uh, but like I said, there wasn't a single stinker. Uh, I had a good time watching it. Um, I was standing by hard cam. And even though that it was up on a tripod on top of a table and it was probably eight feet in the air, I kept ducking underneath it. Cause I think I identify as taller than I actually am, but, uh, it was a good time and I didn't buy anything other than the ticket. There was nothing like merch table wise or whatever. So, um, like I said, good time, a little disappointed in the false advertising, uh, got to meet Andy header. Good time there. And it was freezing cold. So you uh, are definitely spoiled uh, when it comes to independent wrestling because you were lamenting about it in the group chat. And we are all like, yeah, man, that's like how regular independent wrestling is. Like they'll just sometimes advertise a name and that name will cancel and they just won't like tell you. They'll just like, oh, well, business as usual and just go from there. Um, And yeah, Paul would do that at some of the ECW arena shows for sure. Um, but there were times they would do that at like Ag Hall or Lulu Temple or Jim Thorpe shows where like stuff would be advertised and you would just get something different. and There'd be no acknowledgement of it, you know? Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're going to say card subject to change. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin said in the group chat, if they had advertised that VSK and Dan Champion weren't going to be there, you wouldn't have gone, which right. I guess is probably true. But. If they had said it to me at the door or if there was something there, like um, I would have been like, well, I'm here, so I'm going to still do it. And as I mentioned before, this is a good way to make it so that people aren't going to go to your shows in the future based on like a televised star. Right. You know, it's how you get a bad reputation. And why doesn't Thorne or uh, your clients with the LVAC, why don't they just go ahead and advertise that uh, – like? Like Onita is going to be at the next show <laughs> or Roman Reigns and then like put it on the posters, sell a bunch of tickets. And then obviously when they don't show up, just be like, oh, it's indie wrestling. What are you going to do? Because Thorne and the LVAC folks are reputable business people. Yeah. No, I got you. I was just saying like if it's such a standard practice in yeah. indies, but I guess you can say that. Being a reputable business runner of an indie is is definitely few and far between. It sure is. Yeah. And uh, and listen, we all found out the reason why VSK missed the show. He had to stand uh, with a group with the rest of the Trustbusters in a backstage <laughs> segment and say nothing on the Ring of Honor pay per view. Yeah. So I guess he 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 decided that that would be a a better use of his time. Not that he had any choice. I'm sure. And we've been teasing it. Um, with this day in wrestling history thing and the guy who was at the indie show, and we'll get to it here, I think, to wrap it up. But I mentioned the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I would be remiss not to mention that the FTR versus Briscoe's match was awesome. Um, Five people bled, all four members of uh, the tag match, and then uh, referee Mike Posey came out, and he got busted open as well. So we had the rare... Uh, quintuple juice in a match (laughs) and uh, it was a few days later but Ian did like my tweet saying that Ian should have bladed as well because he was wearing white (laughs) Um, and again listen uh, what was it there six star seven star FTR next time I want six six blade jobs 
<laughs> That's what I want the next time. We got to up the ante. And I don't know if you saw the clip online uh, on a suplex. Maybe Jay Briscoe pulled a little bit too tight. And uh, you, you got to see FTR Ball's uh, nutsack hanging out of his tights. Well, that, it's been a really good week for seeing lots of uh, the bits and pieces of wrestlers, hasn't it? Right. You don't see you don't see FTR Bald getting fired for showing his ball sack on on worldwide uh, Bleacher Report TV, do you? Oh, oh, the double standard, I tell you, Adam. <laughs> uh, but I will only I will just use that story to say this: um, there was a pay per view. Uh, and I forget who was fighting Nikita Koloff, but it was Nikita Koloff versus someone. Um, let's just say, for sake of argument, it was Ric Flair, okay? And Tommy mm. Young is the referee. Ric Flair goes and gives Nikita Koloff a suplex. When when Ric Flair gives... And it's not Ric Flair, but I'm just saying I have to say a name, right? Yeah. It was a pay-per-view. Gives Nikita Koloff the suplex when he hooked him and brought him over. He hooked his tights too much, and his whole cock and balls were out on the on the landing. Uh-huh. And as Tommy Young, the referee, was there, he's like, all right, both guys are down. I'm going to start my count. But before I do, I'm going to casually just put Nikita's balls and cock <laughs> back into his tights. Because Nikita's selling. You can't reach yeah, down. This right. is the old days. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a true pro. <laughs> It's not like nowadays when you have, like, the devastated opponent laying on the ground and he's, like, picking his wedge out of his trunks. Or adjusting his elbow pad or whatever the fuck it is. (laughs) Yeah, or the ladies are, like, adjusting their tops, you know, and stuff like that when they're selling. Yeah. All right. If your cock and balls are out after a suplex, they're out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's the way it is. (laughs) You have to at least keep them out until you do the shine and the comeback. Yeah, yeah. There was, um, they they don't do it so much no more, but like it was Ric Flair, but Candido would do like the ass out spot, you know, and he had his tights pulled down, you know? Yeah, and he would like on house shows would keep it out as long as possible. Yeah, he would like do his whole comeback with his ass hanging out. (laughs) It was the best. Uh, All right, what do you got, Joe? Well, that was, I I said the FTR uh, cock and balls thing. Okay. Oh, that was your whole thing? Yeah, that was my whole thing. Fair enough. Well, uh, I guess I'll just talk about the thing that I see also is on your notes was my final thing. But yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Action Andretti, uh, a guy who, again, I had only known that I had seen a few days prior because I saw the tweets because I don't retain information. But uh, watching a Jericho match against a young upstart, and I'm like, okay, Jericho's getting a squash match. It's a guy... Not making his impact, or his impact, his uh, AEW debut, but making his Dynamite debut. I guess he'd been on Dark or Elevation. Uh, but okay, it's a, it's a little bit of a squisher. Oh, hey, it went to uh, a commercial and a picture-in-picture. That's interesting. Um, all right, they're back from commercial, and oh, Jericho hits the code breaker. It's over. Oh, no, it's not over. And yada, yada, yada. Uh, Action Andretti ends up picking up the win. Uh, shocking the AEW universe and it was a cool little bit like on, on the, as we alluded to earlier i'm sure jericho's gonna get his uh his revenge tenfold but as far as the old adage that anything can happen in professional wrestling that was uh that was out of right out of right field left field it was out of one of the fields so i enjoyed that yep it's moments like that that people remember for a lifetime 
Um, the crowd was super hot. The crowd was super into it. I think that helped quite a bit. And um, we'll say, you know, here we are 24 hours as we're recording this, that after this happened, I'm super excited. It was a really good match. Um, the And I'm going to get all my positivity out of the way first. How about that? Okay. Um, kid gets the, uh, you know, action and dready is all elite graphic. He signed the whole thing. Everything is great. Everything's coming up roses for the kid and he's a made guy, right? You know, um, now let's get into the negativity. Okay. Yeah. Um, kid was very lucky that he had very, that he had Jericho very, uh, very loudly and very clearly, uh, calling the match to him as it was going on and literally walking him through the match. Um, you know, you can be a little more subtle about that sort of thing. You know, we are a television product, right? Mm. Um, and as we talked before, Jericho, this is the 25th anniversary of Jericho, who, um, just weeks prior on Nitro beat Scott Hall in a fluke, where I'm sure in Jericho's mind is like, well, me beating Scott Hall as a fluke didn't do anything for me. I'm going to let this kid beat me you know, with his finish and clean and it's a decisive win and that's going to do more for this kid than what Scott Hall tried to do for me 25 years ago. Well, what Jericho forgets was it was a slip in the banana peel thing. Scott Hall went into business for himself uh, to try to help the storyline that he was doing with someone else. And then weeks later, he beats you on Nitro and and you lose all the heat that you would have gotten from beating a huge giant star, right? Mm-hmm. And this kid action Andretti has a win over Jericho, a clean pinfall victory over Chris Jericho that they could show on TV in this kid's video package. <laughs> you know yeah. who doesn't have that? Orange Cassidy doesn't have that. Eddie Kingston doesn't have that. MJF doesn't have that. But this yeah. kid does. So well, I was going to say Orange Cassidy has him punching Jericho into the vat of mimosa. <laughs> sure. And in context of the match, that's great. Out of context, it just looks like a silly goof, you know? Yeah. We, we don't know what that's in reference to. We don't know that that's how Jericho lost the match, right? Mm. If Jericho was pinned and the referee counted one, two, three, and then Orange Cassidy got his hand raised, it would be very clear what happened, right? Sure. So all of that being said... I'm happy for the kid. I like the match a lot. Let's come back and look at this a month from now. Let's come back and look at this three months from now. Let's see what this win actually does for this kid, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see when Jericho gets his win back from the kid, if he does at all. And if we come three months from now and Jericho hasn't gotten his win back from the kid and the kid's on TV, I'm not going to say every week because nobody's really on TV every week, but let's say the kid's on like every other week on one of the two shows and he's getting wins and they're pushing him up the card or whatever it is, then I'll come on here and I'll say Jericho is great. He's fantastic. He's the best ever, ever to do it. And I'll eat my John Cena hat. But I got a feeling I'll still be getting a John Cena hat in three months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, uh negativity aside, uh it was nice to see wrestling that was unpredictable. Yeah. You know, I feel like every once in a while we get the 50-50 matches, but whenever it's like more than that, whenever it's like 51-49, you can usually kind of predict it, but uh whatever, good for the kid. For sure. I got nothing else. Do you have anything else, Joe? 
Uh, no, I got nothing else. I think we're done. All right. I think it's time for me to assign you some homework. Go ahead. All right, Joe. Av- obviously, with uh, it being the holiday season, next week's episode will be on December 22nd. A lot of people will be listening to it on the 23rd, maybe even Christmas Eve. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't keep a tradition going. So I am going to assign to I you the 2012 WWE Films Classic, A Christmas Bounty, starring Mike the Miz Mizanin. Jesus fucking Christ. How many movies was he in? <laughs> uh, not enough, Joe. So, uh, yeah, so... I don't know. IMDb says it came out in 2012 or 2013, right around there. I don't know. But just real quick, I would say I would read the description, but it just gives it away. But a former bounty hunter returns to her elementary. No, this isn't even grammatically correct. But a former bounty hunter determined to have a normal life and keep her bounty hunter past a secret reluctantly returns home for Christmas to save the family business. So this isn't streaming anywhere. I got to pay money for this fucking thing? No, like, I it, I checked. It's on the Fire Stick, so I'm sure you can get it at the same place you get all of your, uh, mm. your Pure Mounty things. All the Pure Mounty stuff is on uh, um, fucking Tubi, man. Yeah. All right, well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's ways to get a downloaded copy that can be put in a Dropbox. I'm good, but if somebody is playing along at home and they want to watch it, which, again, I'm sure they do. But honestly, most people probably as part of their Christmas tradition, you know, it's like the week leading up to Christmas. They're like, all right, I'm going to watch all these Christmas movies. And obviously Christmas bounties probably in their rotation anyways, so they have a hard copy. But uh-huh. uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, yes, it's only an hour and a half long too long if you ask me oh this is <laughs> it's not bad it's not bad joe but and uh, you already know what the week after that uh homework is it's the 1987 slammy awards um and then we'll start the new year off cleansing the palate of everything else i already got my plans i was working on my 2023 homework uh, see i usually think of my homework about a day or two before the show <laughs> i don't know if it shows or not It shows. But, Joe, you know, it is the holiday season. And as I mentioned before, you know, next week we're going to be doing our our Christmas special. And I feel like I I just want to get back in the giving spirit. So I have a gift for you and for all the listeners. I know I tease this a little bit on social media. But, like, I feel like it's time for Santa Van to give back. And, Joe, I have something wrapped up. If you look under your desk, I want you to reach down. I want you to grab that, and I want you to open that up for me. This is my Christmas gift to all of you. I'm going to pretend like I'm opening something. That's right, Joe. It is time for the fourth semi-annual At Odds with Wrestling Gender Neutral Monarch Tournament. How pumped are you? Uh, This is the thing where I have little to no work to do to do this, right? 
you have little to no work to do. This This is all me and Derek, who I'm going to go and have him do the tournament brackets. And also a couple of our podcasting friends. And what I mean by that is is this tradition dates all the way back to last year when I allowed (laughs) certain podcasts to have their ability to nominate their champion for the tournament. Now, the tournament is a 16-person tournament. And here are your podcast nominee people, like people that can nominate a wrestler. And I'm looking at this, and some of these people, this is going to be their last year able to nominate somebody for the gender-neutral monarch. But we need wrestling. Okay. Final Wrestling Place. Indie Wrestling Guide. Hit My Music, which, you know, might not be able to have a pick much longer either. Pod Van Dam and Wrestling Cheers. So those six podcasts, either, you know, make your decision on your podcast or call our voicemail or tweet it or whatever. Or tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. I'll pick another person. Right. But if, if you would like to select your champion, uh, let us know. Obviously, last year's winner of the tournament, uh, which was Danhausen, uh, he was selected by the former indie wrestling TV guide. Uh, I want to go on the record right now, say it into a microphone. There is no prize for the podcast wins if your guy wins or gal. But, uh, Joe, I want to say, obviously, most of this bracket is going to be filled by me. And uh, I do my best to try to make a very balanced and fair bracket. Uh, I don't play favorites at all. I call it right down the middle, Daddy. Um, But obviously, on one side of the bracket, it's going to be all people that I pick, or at least eight people are going to be people that I pick. I mentioned those six podcasts that get to select their champion. Um, I'm going to make it known right now that entrance number seven, you know, obviously one through six is the podcast selections. Entrant number seven, I think this is his year, Joe, the boar. The boar will be in the tournament for the fourth year in a row. All right. And Joe, again, this is Christmas. You get the eighth pick. You oh. Don't make a selection right now. Think it over. Uh, you get to nominate who's going to be in the gender-neutral Monarch tournament. Just one pick. I get the other eight. Uh, now, <laughs> if I could just make uh, I, two comments about this, right? Absolutely, yeah. One um remind everyone especially those making these outside picks the rules like it can't be anyone that's been in the tournament before except for the boar who gets a perennial pick yeah so uh, uh, obviously i'm gonna get to that i'm going to in a couple days uh i'll probably just wait so that everybody can be surprised unwrapping this present i'll maybe wait till saturday and i'll tweet out the last three years brackets and okay. as you mentioned, uh, if they were in it before, it doesn't matter if they didn't advance past the first round. They are not eligible. Uh, same thing with if they're under a new gimmick or persona. You know, you can't, like, uh, like there was rumors in innuendo that, like, Mr. X was also, like, another wrestler who was in the tournament. Like, you can't be in right. twice under two different gimmicks. Okay. Uh, so I would prefer... That it's somebody who's active on like the indie wrestling scene, but at the end of the day, that is your decision. You know, you could have Roman Reigns be your guy. I don't care, but uh, obviously, the spirit of it 
is let's, you know, maybe we're using this as a way to elevate people because, again, before Orange Cassidy won this in 2019, he was just wrestling in VFWs. Right. He won this, he got the at odds bump, and now he's like a TV superstar. Same goes for Dan Housen. Yeah. It would have happened with Avery Good if he didn't retire. You know, right. he was on that trajectory. Uh, now, the other thing is, I think, you know, obviously what Adam is saying is, you know, obviously we're going to look more toward indie, um, you know, not. WWE or AEW type folks, but let's say somebody who's competed in the calendar year 2022, right? Yeah, again, you you do what you want to do if you're one of those six podcasts, but you know the the spirit of it is let's let's try to like get some competition going of people that might actually care they're in the tournament. Yeah, you know? like didn't Ed like pick Hayabusa one year? <laughs> yeah, Hayabusa lost to Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston was pissed about it. Yeah, so like you could play fast or loose, but to kind of keep things in those parameters, right? Yeah, and I don't want to mess up like whatever the scam that you have is that I get what? to pick someone to be in it. It's not uh, a scam. I'm being genuine, generous. Okay. Am I in the bracket with the podcasters, or am I in the br- the bracket with all of your picks and the bore? So no, so uh, there's 16 entrants, right? Eight of them are just going to be my picks, whatever the hell I want. Okay. Uh, and on the uh, the other eight is the six podcasts. Again, we need wrestling, final wrestling place, Pod Van Dam, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, and Hit My Music, the bore, and you. Now that doesn't mean that you're all facing each other. Like I'm going to mix it up. You know, okay. it'll, most, it'll most likely be like we need wrestling versus one of my guys. You know, Pod Van Dam versus one of my guys. You or your pick versus one of my guys. Something like that. Do and I say want- guys, it could be a girl. You know, sure. Do you want me to give you my pick now, or do you want me to wait? I mean, if you're sure and you absolutely won't change it, like you, I don't want you to be like, oh man, I should have done this person. But yeah, if you want to name them right now, go right ahead. I do. Okay. Um, it is someone that's wrestled on TV, right? All right. Um, but not a lot, you know. Um, it's someone who's wrestled on indie shows. Um, somebody who's wrestled on uh, for NWA uh, recently. Um, they might have did some referee work recently. And uh, and again, if he's being put into a tournament, it's someone who just never stops winning. That's right. Oh, my pick <laughs> is Double J. Jeff Jarrett. You want to pick uh, After the Treads? You want to pick this Jericho? You want to pick It don't matter. Because the gender neutral monarch of Ad Odd is going to be Double J. Oh, man. I hope. I, I got to check these brackets. I had to put him in there somewhere. I hope I did, but. If, and if you did, I got somebody else. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the brackets. I don't have them in front of me right now, but I, I think you're good. I think you're good. I don't think anybody would have. I certainly wouldn't have put them in prior. Um, I, I think uh, the the boys over at Final Wrestling Place might have. And this is oh. me scooping their uh, scooping it on them. You know, scooping and booping. They're the scoopers and boopers. I'm scooping Double J for the tournament. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I can't wait to stack the deck against him. I mean, I can't wait to see how he does. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. You, listen, won't be the first time, won't be the last time Double J's had the deck stacked against him. <laughs> how's, he ter- how's he doing right now, right? 
He's got a minor league baseball team. He's got a minor league hockey team. He's one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's doing all right. He's got a, a world-famous podcast. You know, it's not Cardiff Electric, but it's close. Uh, all right. Tournament's canceled. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I... I, I'm anxious to see how much this silly little bit of yours of, of liking <laughs> Jeff Jarrett will go. Uh, what would you do? I'm not saying I'm going to, but if I put Jeff Jarrett in the first round up against L.A. Knight. Well, that's who my backup pick would have been. <laughs> um, I would want it to be a draw so they both go on to the next round. No, see, in the past, I've gone to a three-way dance, but again, I am a the person who runs this promotion. Right. And uh, I would maybe just say it was a double elimination and their opponent gets a bye to the next round. Oh, well, and that's the way that you want to run things. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> if you're going to make me choose between double J and LA Knight, I'm choosing double J. Yeah. All right. All right. But I'm looking forward to it. We're just making it under the calendar year. Yep. I say as long as the tournament starts in 2022, it counts. Uh, the 2021 apparently was in early November, uh, and I almost completely forgot about it. So uh, glad to get it in before the end of the year. Cool. So we got a Christmas bounty to watch for next week. Uh, we got the uh, gender-neutral monarch of Ad Odds returning. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for all of this. little work for me to do, you know? Yeah. So uh, hopefully, like I said, by next week, uh, those six podcasts would have in so some way informed me, whether it be voicemail on their podcast, DM, or tell me to go fuck myself. Um, and so I'll announce the the first eight, which is there's those people in the following week, I'll announce my eight. So it's going to take a little bit, but uh, we'll get there. Gotcha. Man, no matter who they pick, Double J is going to win, you know? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, voicemail time. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Andy Hedder. Uh Last week, I actually got to meet Adam. Uh, he came to PPW, so it was uh, really nice to meet uh, not only a solid toy boy, but a Alexa Bliss aficionado. So <laughs> that was cool. I have a question. I, I said to Adam, I'll save it for the, the show here instead of in person. Joe, you probably know it, but... Around 2007, I seem to remember the Young Bucks being King of Trios. And I was thinking, King of Trios, Young Bucks, there's only two. Well, there was three. There was the mysterious Malachi Bunker Jackson or whatever his name was. So whatever happened to that guy, I've never seen him there and then never seen him again. you think anyone's going to work in AW would be the Young Bucks. Brother. All right, I'll see you guys probably at Sobel's on the 23rd. Bye. Wait a minute. So Malachi Jackson or Malachi Buck? Tell me all about this. Joe. Yeah, there was a third Buck brother, Malachi. Um, I think he did like a bunch of like low end uh, California indies. And I don't think he got much out of 2007. He pretty much wrapped things up. Um, I don't really know what Nick and Matt are up to these days. You know, they have me blocked on social media. <laughs> And uh, that King of Trios was, uh, you know, the weekend where my rivalry with them began, you know. So Malachi's cool by me. I think if I was to guess, um, I would say that Malachi Black, uh, Malachi Black, Malachi Jackson is doing something with the church or Jesus. See, when when Andy said that, I thought that this was like an early, like, Tommy End thing, you know, no. like. 
just I, I again i didn't know what the circles were but uh see that's what got me excited but uh damn use of malachi mm-hmm. now I'm, now i'm disappointed you can, mm. you can still come to Sokols, andy but uh you got me excited there for a minute oh jeez, that guy you look looks, at the picture of him he looks just like uh he looks he looks like nick you know yeah it looks like nick but somehow scrawnier <laughs> yeah somehow i don't know how you that's tough you know yeah um all right thank you very much uh for the call there andy i'm glad uh the more uh alexa bliss fans we get together in the same spot the easier it'll be for the authorities to round them all up you know (laughs) yeah sure all right next call hey adam joe this is the other jb here uh since punk bandana shutting down um I need someone else to annoy with um, my intrusive thoughts about wrestling, uh, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, I want to pick a fight with um, Christmas people. Um, so the Jim Carrey Grinch, uh, it sucks. Um, and actually, you know, Jim, Jim Carrey kind of sucks. I'm on the uh, the Tommy Lee Jones side of things. Um, I, I can't sanction his buffoonery. It, it annoys the shit out of me. I can't deal with that. Um, if you want to like actual Christmas movie, watch like It's a Wonderful Life or uh, Tokyo Godfathers. That's like a Christmas movie. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That is just um, a distillation of just so much energy that it just annoys the. It, it boils like this. It, it is annoying. It's annoying. All right. Uh, love the show. Love you all the time. And um, hopefully, I will not annoy you. <laughs> Never an annoyance, other JB. Thank you very much for calling. Um, of all the callers to migrate over from uh, Pod Van Dam, I say bring them all on except for Dwight. I don't want to be excess- an accessory <laughs> to his crimes, you know? See, I disagree. I, I, I feel like Dwight needs like some kind of uh, way, like an outlet, a way for him to just communicate or else he'll keep it all bottled up and might be even more of a criminal. So uh, I feel like we need to get Dwight to accidentally call this number. Uh, you know what? Uh, my for my final Pod Van Dam call, it's going to be to uh, plead my case on that one. All right. Next week, I'm going to text Dwight on the show. I don't have his number right here, uh, mm. but I'm going to text Dwight because it's the phone number that's on the uh, the the, the, the Howard and Son shirt, right? And I don't have the shirt near me mm. to check the number. But uh, yeah, uh, other JB, I'm with you. The Jim Carrey Grinch uh, stinks. I have nostalgia for some of his buffoonery, you know, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I haven't revisited those movies in a long time, um, but I really like The Cable Guy. I think The Cable Guy is really good, but that's very much not a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, see, w- like when Ace Ventura came out and when The Mask came out, I really liked them. But like, how old was I? Eight? <laughs> You know, yeah. nine. Uh, I don't like them anymore. And when Cable Guy came out, I hated that from day one. Um, I think the only Jim Carrey movie that I would probably still watch if you like forced me to would be The Truman Show because yeah. it's not him being a goof. But like, yeah, I'm I'm with the other JB. Uh, the Grinch is terrible. I hate anything where Jim Carrey over Jim Carrey's. You know, like where he's just him with the volume turned up to twelve. Uh, I, I don't want to watch any of that. And okay. that's pretty much everything he does. Yeah. And it's sad when he's an old man doing it, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. All right, next call. We had a lot of calls this week. Hey, Adam. Hey, Joe. It's Jayhawk. Hard for the 
when I assume it's poor quality on the car, on the call, I'm calling from my car. Had a doctor's appointment today, kind of conception. Yay me. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, lots of, lots to unpack in wrestling this week, though. ROH had a really good pay-per-view. Rico Brothers and FTR, double dog collar match, fantastic. Probably match of the year, definitely top three. With the other two being the other two Frisco Brothers and FTR matches. Chris Jericho actually put Claudio over strong, tapped out to the giant swing, which was nice. Then Jericho puts over Action Andretti, pretty strong. We'll see how they follow up on that. Uh, knowing Jericho, that's going to be the only win Action Andretti gets for the next eight months. He's going to lose the next, next 18 matches to Jericho. But for now, though, we'll look at the positive. And then we have the best of seven for the trio title. And now the next three matches are all going to have stipulations because they've been using a hammer. Allegedly illegally, but there's been no disqualification for it yet. But we're going to do no disqualification matches anyway, because why not? I actually do like the idea of match seven, if necessary. Like, it's not going to be necessary being the ladder match. I'm okay with that. But let's book no DQ matches when there haven't been any DQs yet. That makes perfect sense. Anyway, I'm going to stop writing for a little bit here. Got a question for you guys. I'm not going to ask you to do... Top five list like Justin Summers might do. Thank you. But I am kind of curious. We are coming up on the uh, holiday season here. You were asked about Christmas movies recently. I want to know, guys, your uh, favorite and least favorite Christmas-based wrestling angle <laughs> or Christmas skit, if need be. Uh, I'm a big fan of, even though I really don't like when we deviate from the norm of wrestling. I like Roddy Roddy Piper and Ebenezer Piper on TNT back in 85. That was always fun. Not a fan of the random Christmas parties that always end the same way when somebody gets thrown into a buffet table or a snack table or a punch bowl or whatever. But Alright guys, I'm running out of time here. And I'll take my answer on the podcast and enjoy the rest of your week. Something I just can't get past. Like he said, he was calling from the car. It sounded like he was on horseback. <laughs> like all I heard was like the Monty Python, like coconuts clapping. Uh, anyways, uh, what do you got? You're loading up something, Joe. I am loading up something here. Um, well, so- you're doing. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So I'm not going to, sh- I'm not sure how long I'm going to let the thing play for. Um, but here, so this is uh prime. T- they're actually covering this on Brucey's show in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I'm just dropping into it. So I don't know exactly where I'm not going to play the whole thing, but, uh, this is primetime wrestling 1989. Again, I know it's before 1990 and I'm forcing Adam to watch something. But again, when I start playing it, morning, he left gifts for a whole bunch of little kids out there. Bobby, let's just stop this stuff right now and get on to the next match. I think it's probably the maybe wisest. you believe in Santa, but nobody would come in your neighborhood after midnight with gifts, Piper. Because you're a bum like the rest of them. Mister, I'm telling you <laughs> something. Just a nasty, the smartest and wisest thing you could do the off him, please. is back Take the off camera now. off him, please. Yes, we're going we're to be back in just a moment with the Bolsheviks. So don't you no, go away. 
Will oh. you stop? So Bobby's dressed as All Santa. your kids out there, pay attention to me right now. This guy's just a big buffoon. Don't listen to him. Don't let him spoil your Christmas because there's the gifts you gave me. You cheap there was piece nothing of in them anyway. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> hey, when's the last time you saw a reindeer fly? Will you They stop? may draw flies, but they don't fly. And you tell me a guy that would work all year building toys and hanging around some fat old lady at the North Pole what like Aunt B and exactly? then getting a sleigh, a sleigh and fly to your house. Wait a second. What is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? What are you talking about? Hey, you want to believe in something? Believe in the Heenan family. Oh, you're sick. That's what the Christmas spirit you're going is all about. Too far. You're going too far, and I ain't going to put up with it, Bobby. The guy's been on the lamb. He's got a bunch of aliases. Chris Kringle, St. Nick, Santa Claus. Sounds like the guy's one in three states. Well, you are there a is guy. no Santa. The Heenan family's what Christmas is all about. He, guy's got all year. Is that what this kind idea? of a suit? Roddy's in the you other studio. You any idea what you're doing? You any idea what you're doing with them little kids out there? There is a Santa Claus. Why don't you just leave it at that? Don't get too bent out of shape, Rod. Just relax. I'll take care of this piece of garbage here. Fake beard. Right next now, we're going to go to next matchup here Snap on Primetime Wrestling. See the Bolsheviks will be coming up. Look at his dirty hands. Please, go to the <laughs> Guy's an inmate. Following. You continue to talk like you're talking right now, and you'll be history on this program. Now bear in mind, you you're telling the truth. Bobby's in full Santa. Come soon. Yeah. Why do you want to spoil Christmas for all those youngsters out there, or attempt to? You give mean me, to tell me you put break. your jammies on last night with the feeties in them and the button on bottom, put the milk and cookies there, then went upstairs, put your thumb in your yap, and hope some fat guy would come with a reindeer I guarantee and bring you, you bananas? There are millions of kids all over the world that did exactly that for your information. Big deal. Not my fault. I don't hear a loud mouth anymore. He's not Stood over there. Where is he? Oh, where'd Roddy go? What can he do? <laughs> he's not going to scare me anymore. Because he lays a hand on me, he's gone. He may not have to lay a hand on you. You keep this up, I'll knock you out myself. I've got glasses on. Yeah? Would you beat up Santa? <laughs> yeah. I'd beat up someone like you who's trying to spoil Christmas for all the youngsters out there. I will bring there. you something next Christmas. Please. There is no oh. Santa, Kenny. Uh -oh. Here comes it's Roddy. It's sham. What? Yep. Will you? Exactly. Uh, it's your malfunction. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, get it. your hands off Take me, it man. easy now. I'll take care You're of this situation if you touch right me, Santa. here. You're like, say, Nick, I ain't Santa Claus. There is a Santa Claus. We got a whole bunch of kids out there watching us, and there are millions are watching, and you're trying to root something on a Christmas day that's been a tradition long before anybody ever heard of you. What exactly is your problem? Not enough attention? Okay. What, you didn't get no gifts? I'll straighten things out then. Dummy, then you do that. You're leaving, I hope. Fake hat. <laughs> fake glasses. Fake beard. Fake hair. You see, Santa's just an average guy like me. He's a guy walking the streets. You kids have been swerved by your folks. Take it out on them. Oh, God! So again, keeping in mind that aired on Christmas Day on Primetime Wrestling, and yeah. if you're just flipping through the channels, you'll see Roddy Piper just beating the shit out of a guy dressed like Santa Claus. <laughs>
See, I was going to choose as my favorite when Swoggle learned the ability to speak from the power of Santa Claus, but you know what? I'm going to go with that as my favorite now. See, look look at this, Adam. There's so much good wrestling before 1990, you know? Well, that, was, that wasn't wrestling. That was... Uh, sports, like, sports entertainment! Yeah, that wasn't in-ring stuff. Like, I'm not going to watch a match from freaking before 1990. Good. And then Slammies isn't a match. It's a bunch of horse shit, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll hook... I'll, Watch a bunch of horse shit. That's fine. And, like, you can't go wrong with Bobby and Monsoon and uh, Piper, you know? Right. All right. So that's my favorite Christmas thing from uh, wrestling. Yep. Thanks, right. J-Hulk. Get me uh, your your podcast pick for the Jedi yes. Monarch. Next call. Hey, guys. Kevin here. I, I had, like, a nice question for the week until everything, you know, the other story happened. And, and I know it. you're waiting for my opinion. <laughs> All right. So Mandy Rose pictures, you know, the, like we get knowledge of it, and then word came out today that they found out uh, at NXT, and we're kind of like, all right, we gotta get the title off of her, and then she was released the next day. And I kind of feel like maybe WWE was in a bad spot, and they're like, all right, let's uh, get her off TV and ask questions and figure it out later, and that that would make some sense. I could understand that. Um, but then people online are comparing it. Oh, well, what about Paige? Okay, Paige got hacked. That's a totally different situation. Uh, what about Jimmy Uso and all? All right. People got addictions and make poor decisions. Um, she's making poor decisions, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but she's not. it's not an addiction. There's no, like, treatment or rehab or anything that's necessary here. Um, I am uh, currently of the theory that she's mentally just done wrestling. She wanted an out. She started pushing this site further and further and further, kind of waiting to get caught, waiting to get in trouble. And honestly, she's probably making a ton of money off of it. What is it, like 30 a month now? All right, so even a 1,000 followers, which she probably has more than that, 30,000 a month times the 12 months of the year, at least, for content that she can just do at home and not have to, like, hurt her body, travel, Anything else, not a bad deal. And honestly, she's probably making more than that every month. I am currently of the opinion that uh, WWE is willing to let people post cute pictures, bikinis, bathing suits, you know, underwear, whatever, as long as it doesn't cross a certain line. What's that line? I don't know. But seeing your butthole is probably past that line, <laughs> my guess. So Mandy went too far over that line, and when they talked to her, it was kind of like, screw it. I busted my ass for a year. I elevated this title. I carried the NXT Women's Division on my back, and I'm tired, and I want to go home. And I don't blame her for it. And especially with her keeping the page up now and promoting it. She doesn't care. She's done. She wants to go home. This isn't like a time off and come back like Daniel Bryan. Those are my thoughts. Interested to hear yours later on, gentlemen. Stay safe in the snow. Bye. Wait, did Daniel Bryan leak pictures of his butthole? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's talking about Daniel Bryan taking time off. Oh, okay. I was confused there. Um, but yeah, you know, we kind of already covered it before. And just as I'm trolling through online, people still talking about it, of course. Um, that they were saying that off of whatever her OnlyFans thing was, she was making half a million dollars a, me- uh, a year. Okay. So if she could make a half a million dollars a year and, like, not travel, not take any bumps, not do anything... I don't think she was making a half a million dollars in WWE, you know? 
Yeah, and like if she wants to, she can still do indie bookings, you know. And yeah, I don't, think, I don't think she's doing indie booking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like the the window's there. If you want to supplement if, the income, you could do meet and greets and signings. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm, those I can see her doing appearances, but no more bumps, you know. Sure, I'm just saying, like the the OnlyFans or whatever fan time doesn't have to be the only source of income. You know, yeah, yeah. you can pad it on top of that. It's, it's like WWE wasn't letting you go and do like a Pandora's box autograph signing, you know, or like you know you can't go and be a meet and greet for John Thorne. Hint, hint. You know, right? Oh boy, <laughs> you know? I'll mention it to him. We'll <laughs> see. I don't know. Yeah, if, uh, that'll, Mandy, if that'll get you back out there, then you know maybe. Yeah, Mandy Rose for AIW meet and greet, and uh, Sky Blue for LVAC. Those are my two requests. <laughs> now, Sky View's already out in the Midwest. It'd be easier to get her to be on a AIW show. Listen, I want what I want. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. This is once again Justin Summers, and I got a question for you. What are your top ten favorite? <laughs> Jack's figures that were released between now. 1996 and 2005. And, like, give me the best figure from each year. Okay, that's not what I have to ask at all. Uh, apologies for last week. I was actually going to give you a heads up so you guys could have came up with your list a little bit uh, easier. At least had some time to think about it. So, I'll go with one question for this week that you don't need a lot of maybe deep thought on. We're collectors. We collect wrestling things. I want to know, do you guys have any holy grails that you would like to collect of professional wrestling? These don't have to be figures. These can be anything associated with professional wrestling. And it doesn't have to be a high ticket item. Just something that, you know, you would really like to get your hands on. And cross off of your list, and you haven't done it either because maybe the price point is a little high for you, or you just don't come across it enough, or you're waiting for the price to come down, whatever it might be. What are some holy grails that you would like for your professional wrestling collection? For me, I really don't have a ton. I'm even getting to the point where I'm not really collecting a lot of figures. And I've said before, I'm going more with like physical media. And uh, there is a couple things physical media-wise within professional wrestling that I would like to get. And for whatever reason, I haven't necessarily pulled the trigger on them yet. One of the things is the WWF fan club theme cassette tapes. I didn't know that those things existed until sometime in, I think, in the mid to late 2000s. Maybe it was even closer to the late 2000s. They're not super expensive, but I just haven't necessarily went out of my way to pull the trigger. Some things that are a little more obtainable to think these next two in particular are WWF power driver on vinyl, as well as a copy of any album or vinyl of classy Freddie Blassie. I really love the song pencil neck geek and it's only available on vinyl. And lastly, another thing on my list and this is not without me even popping open my eBay app and looking through like save searches or items that I'm watching, but I've always wanted to get my hands on a copy of the European version of WWF, the music volume two. Now, why the European version? Well, all in all, it's pretty much the same album. The K 
case, I believe, is a little different. And it's not necessarily called Volume 2. It's like WWF, We Gotta Rock. And, like I said, track looking is the same. But what would make me want, just besides that, that packaging being different? Well, it's because it contains the PG-13, the group or rapper. I'm not exactly sure. But P- the PG-13 version of the Nation of Domination theme with PG-13's lyrics. And I think that would be a really cool thing to own. I own a few other, like, random wrestling albums for that type of stuff. But this is no different. So, what are your, some of your holy grails in the world of professional wrestling collecting? Later. Thank you for not having it be, like, top 20. Uh, but uh, I think I talk about this a lot because... Uh, I am one that there's not a lot of stuff that I don't go out and buy if they're within my like reach. You know, there it's not like, oh, I've wanted this figure forever and it's a $30 figure. No, I would have bought it already. So my things are either too expensive or really hard to come by. And I mentioned like last week or the week before that I'm trying to get uh, the all the, the pre-woo-woo-woo uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins figures – and the three that I'm missing uh, are the microaggression Hawkins, the microaggression Broski, and uh, Jack's backlash Kurt Hawkins. Uh, and I've just never seen one go up for sale mint on card ever, like regardless of price. It's not like one went up for $500 and I was like, oh, that's crazy. I've just never seen other than like internet searches, like even a picture of one of them. Um, so like those are something that I've been looking for for a couple of years. But when it comes to like a figure that's like expensive, I might have mentioned this when I was on your podcast summers. Uh, but like I've said before. Um, like I want a, a mint on card, like really minty mint macho King Hasbro, uh, or like also like a Piper Hasbro. Uh, those are like two of my guys that ruled my fig fed back in the day. And I'd love to have like a pristine carded one, uh, you know, no cracks, no bend to the, the cardboard, anything like that. But they're like four or 500 bucks a piece now at this point. And that's, that's more than I'm probably ever going to spend on a wrestling figure. Mayan, I mentioned uh, last week or week before, and like obviously there's all caveats to the two, uh, and one would be uh, Jeff Jarrett Slapnuts t-shirt, or the OG Cactus Jack Wanted uh, t-shirt. Now, I know they've done repros of them, but the repros that they've done are through Pro Wrestling Tees, so they look like they look like and feel like shit. Um, if a bootlegger did them again today, like, and you could find them for sure, but they go for hundreds of dollars and I'm not going to wear, like, I get them, I'm fucking wearing them, right? And yeah. if I spend hundreds of dollars on a t-shirt, I'm not going to wear it. Um, but like, if the bootleggers out there do like a nice, um, you know, screen printed repro of the slap nut shirt or the cactus shirt, I would absolutely get them. And they always change up the cactus shirt, like slightly, because, like, the original, like, they add, like, something new or they change the picture, whatever it is. Like, I want the original or I want, like, a repro of the original. No changes, no alterations, no nothing. And those would be the two things that I'd, I'd really want. Any uh, figures that are, like, something you, like, wish you'd gotten and now it became too expensive or something you can buy from, like, your childhood or anything like that? Nothing that I could really think of. You know, like... Yeah. Every, every once in a while, I think like I'd love to get 
um, like the carded Piper or Terry Funk LJNs, yeah. you know, um, I had them both as kids and they were beaten up and played with and everything else like that. But it's not like some sort of thing that like I have a burning desire for because like, you know, like, I'm not uh, I'm a fig guy, but not as much as everybody else in the, the doll group, you know? Yeah. But uh, I like how Summers is uh, very subtly figuring out what we want for Christmas, and that's very nice of him. So I appreciate him, like, figuring it out. But uh, for now, I think I'll just settle for – you mentioned Terry Funk. I'd settle for an original branding iron for the LGN figure. That still eludes me. (laughs) There you go. Hey, Summers, get me your gender-neutral pick. There you go. Next call. Hey, Joe, Adam, it's Kyle here with NEPAWrestling.com. Uh, just got a quick uh, approved uh, plug here to throw out. Uh, if you guys check out uh, the website, NEPAWrestling.com, today you'll see part one of the article that we've posted uh, called The Fall of Hydra and the Rise of Leslie Butterscotch and the Flames of Love, uh, and that's going to cover... Uh, basically the backstory of Hydra and Leslie Butterscotch and, uh, part one of the lead up into their huge handicap match against, uh, Chris Reject, uh, Blackstrom and Rex Lawless at the December 23rd holiday hangout, uh, in Sokol's. So for everybody who's into the LVAC, which I know is the majority of your listeners, Joe, is it's just a fantastic, uh, and Adam, it's a fantastic, uh, organization and probably one of my favorite uh, indie wrestling companies right now. Um, so if you want to check it out, really appreciate it. Uh, again, thank you guys all so much for what you do for indie wrestling and the banter and the great show. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks guys. Kyle, I don't know who approved that plug, but it certainly wasn't me. Uh, the man Adam van at gmail.com is my PayPal. So if you want this to happen again, you better make this right. No, Kyle's a good guy. Uh, Kyle's doing what he can, uh, with his platform and his reach to get information out there about the LVAC shows and the independent wrestling in general. And I like that the steel stacks show over the summer was kind of reignited that in him. And I did get a chance to read that interview, uh, with Leslie butterscotch and, um, and again, it's so weird for me to say, you know, Leslie butterscotch or Hyatt or everything else like that. Um, because that's not how I know him, you know, but I, you know, I'm, playing the game here and um we weren't like as like they talk a lot about the 2005 2006 hydra stuff and it's a lot of peeking behind the curtain chikara stuff if you're into that like there's a ton of it in the first part of this Mm -hmm. and i was relatively new to chikara i had just started in march so i still didn't know a lot of people there i was still seen as an outsider amongst a lot of the people there and myself and Leslie didn't become friends until like a little bit later on after his debut. And like, it's a story about Hydra I never knew. So um, I'll, I'll put the link uh, directly to the article uh, in the show notes for this. And, you know, nice way. We're not done with the phone calls, but no time like the present. Kyle mentioned it. Uh, LVAC Holiday Hangout is next Friday, the 23rd uh, of December. Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, card is in coming together. There's five matches announced. They said there's five matches, two bands. Still a lot of names that were announced that don't have a match yet, so I'm kind of scratching my chin trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Young Jay Lee versus Lucky 13. Becca, uh, who had a killer week, killer month uh, on the indies, taking on Claire Carreras. Cheeseburger taking on Speedball Mike Bailey. 
Uh, that's going to be match of the night, match of the year, late match of the year contender. Uh, Flames of Love, of course, Leslie Butterscotch and Billy Avery taking on the Kamish, Blackstrom and Rex Lawless. And just announced uh, a couple days ago was the Batiri taking on Kevin Blackwood and Puff. Uh, like I said, still no match announced for Boar or Big Dan. I think Mantis is just playing with his band uh, yeah, for the show. Set, yeah. Um, but go get they your tickets. Ha- yeah, yeah, tickets they, are still available. They better hashtag book the Boar, or there's going to be a, some issues at Sokol's. I'll tell you that. One yeah. man riot here. Mm, we'll talk, pal. Oh. Ooh. Everything's okay, but let's just say mm. a, lot, a lot of discussions. Mm. I've mentioned it's going to be a very interesting show, and it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, but yeah, the link to the Kyle's article, interview with Leslie Butterscotch, and uh, get your tickets. Uh, they don't send you physical tickets. Your name will just be at the door. Um, I got my booster last week. I'll be masked up the whole time. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Well, you dodged it last time. I, I got it, so I'm immune. I'm I'm not taking a chance, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I got those antibodies. <laughs> well, I got the fa- I got the fake ones from the CVS, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, I'm definitely gonna call again later this week, but <laughs> just wanted to say uh, I'm on my break now, and I've been listening to Joe's episode of If You Catch My Griff where they talk about Alex Jones, and it made me think, this is specifically for Joe, because uh, I feel like he is uh, a better judge of this, knowing all three things uh, fairly well. Uh, don't worry, Adam, I'll get you the next one. Um, Christian and Alex Jones, who would make the better whack packer? Um, like, I know Christian seems more whack packed, but, like, I think you get... No, I don't like Riley Martin. I don't know. I don't know. I need you to help me decide <laughs> who would who would be the better whack packer. Like Chris is definitely, they're more crazy, right? But Alex would probably be the better like caller. I think. I don't know. It's hard. The whack pack is just a, such a. The net is wide. You know what I mean? Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I think uh, one of the new Young Ed shows on the soon to be named network uh, is going to be he and I going over the Whack Packers from yeah. Howard Stern. Like an ongoing thing, or is this going to be another like No Chance in Hell? Living, I, in don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know because there's a lot of there's like, there's a lot of minutiae when it comes to Howard Stern Whack Packers, and I'm not going to get into it in here. Uh, but I will say Chris Chan would have made the better Whack Packer uh, only because. Um, I think Chris is more prone to wilder mood swings, a little bit more genuine in their insanity. And I definitely think that they would be someone who would be constantly asking Howard for money. And I think Alex Jones makes enough of his own money. And I think Alex Jones is a little bit of a put on at times. I think Alex Jones would be a whackbacker, but who would be a better whackbacker? It's Chris Chan. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Ed, Ed does call again. I, I hope he remembered that this one is for you. So let's see. Hopefully. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. I'm um, calling back because I have uh, something for both of you now. Um, 
no Podbean Daily this year, as that will be uh, our last episode. <laughs> so, like, we don't really want to do awards. And uh, Jonah, let's, uh, let's not pretend, like, Jonah didn't watch any wrestling. Pat probably only watched AIW. TSA probably seen the most besides me. I haven't even seen that much this year. Like, as a year where I wasn't really into Noah, um, no company really gripped me tight to make me watch a lot of their stuff, except Impact from, like, Bound for Glory on. Like, that's Impact. That's not going to be any, you know, great matches of the year unless it's Impact. Uh, but my favorite award that we always did was the uh, favorite Twitter account of the year, who did the best at Twitter. And since we're not doing that this year, I want to know what you guys think is the best Twitter account from Wrestling Twitter in 2022. Uh, Erica making a run for it at the end, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I got to go with Doxy Stoxy. Er- 90% bangers from Doxy Soxy. Uh, that is a man that gets his audience well. <laughs> I'm jealous. He can be so mean. He's allowed to be so mean, and it's accepted. And it's I'm, I'm so jealous of it. I can't be mean like that. Uh, I guess sometimes I can. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What do you guys think? Okay, bye. Um. Thank you for including me on that one, Ed. And as you said, uh, Erica has been on a, a late surge for consideration for that award. Uh, Doxy don't miss, so you got to stay out of his sights. I'm glad I'm, uh, I won't say in his good graces, but like not on his radar. But uh, I, I don't know, Ed. I mean, you're wrestling adjacent, so I mean, you might be my favorite wrestling adjacent Twitter. I don't know. Uh, Ed's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think the the true test of a good Twitter account uh, when it comes to this sort of thing is, like, the meanness of it. Like, this is why, like, you know, the whole thing when Johnny Gargano told you that I'm mean, I think mm-hmm. to myself, I'm like, boy, I see way more meaner shit than what I say, right? Yeah. Um, Doxy Stoxy's number one. Uh, again, Doxy don't miss. Doxy don't listen to this podcast. He's got better things to do. Uh, but I can't even read any of his tweets, right? Because that's how mean they are. And then, like, by proxy, I get in trouble by reading them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> especially on this. Um, I will say uh, Garrett Kidney, who is, like, a social media guy for uh, Impact, is really good. He does a podcast called You've Got to Be Kidding Me, where they're going through, like, the history of TNA. I think they're up to, like, mid-2005. Um, no, I'm sorry. They just did November 2004 recently which was like the month where elix skipper did the cage walk yep remember that yeah uh but he's a big impact guy he's been a big impact guy for a very long time um he's somebody who kind of gives no fucks he always is a bit that anytime something happens in aew he always says oh this thing that's happening in aew is directly a reference to this thing that happened in tna whether it is or is not um and it really gets people wound up because they think he's being serious um, So he's doing a bit and you enjoy it so yeah you're not anti-bit i see that's right i'm not anti-bit i'm anti-bad bits i feel attacked all right uh but no doxy i'd say doxy number one garrett number two all right i don't know who garrett is but maybe i'll give him a follow oh, check him out give him a follow yeah and i was just checking joe just in case you were concerned your twitter does still exist so cool you still, you're, you still have a chance 
And I pitch uh, to Ed if uh, him and Kurt want to do an impact wrap up on soon to be named network. I'm all for that as well. Yeah. And I hope Ed knows about the revenue sharing policies we have in place here at the soon to be named network where like uh, <laughs> podcasts have to put all their income from like Patreons and at, like T-shirt sales and uh, ad reads and all that stuff puts it all to the pot and it's evenly distributed. So I'm sure you went over it during his orientation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. For sure. Um, so uh, we did have a new bit to be introduced, a new segment. Um, which was weekly purchases <laughs> uh, recommended by friend of the show, Kevin Ford. Um, so uh, did you have anything that you've gotten rid of in the last uh, week there, Adam? Uh, just the constant purge of Funko Pops. But, you know, that's just the huge, you know, but uh, nothing other than that. Why? What about down, you, Joe? Down 17, up 2 is what I understand. Uh, down eight. I sold eighteen. I bought two, so that's a net loss of sixteen. So that's progress. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, it's the what I have, what screenshots I have to delete from my phone. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. See, the, you purge physical items. I I purge screenshots. You purge kilobytes and megabytes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the screenshots of Erica's tweets dunking on PB Smooth. <laughs> Yeah, those um, are good. Those are good. She's a cop now. A, if somebody had retweeted or quote tweeted a really bad clothesline uh, on, on my timeline, and I had to send that to someone. All and right. then um, in the group, somebody had sent uh, a picture of Mercedes Martinez and her training buddy for the Ring of Honor show, which was low-key. Uh, and I had to take a screenshot of that and do uh, maybe send it to the number one tweeter on Twitter. Uh, to see if he could uh, workshop anything with it, um, but yeah, that's that's those are all my uh, deleted tweets. Uh, my my uh, week that's my weekly purchases. <laughs> all right, I, I like I like where this is going. Um, uh, maybe uh, in the future I can look for some pictures, so some incriminating pictures to delete as well. Well, no, you have like your physical stuff that you're trying to whittle down, and yeah, I have my screenshots and screen recordings that like once a week. I'm like, okay, we well, don't need them anymore, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because uh, 2023 is going to be the year of financial responsibility, so I, I do have to sell a lot of stuff. So right. no, nothing that I, I'm going to miss, but I have to like purge a bunch of extra stuff. Stuff I bought to flip, mostly. So you, so we already did the plug for the LVAC show. Yep. You did the plugs uh, for our podcasting friends, right? You got oh. everyone, or is there a few more you got to throw in there? Uh, I mean, I, I did a bunch of them, but obviously uh, also check out Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Porch Talk. Ooh, I should give them a vote for gender neutral. Uh-huh. Uh, viewers Choice, WWE War, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, and If You Catch My Grift. Those are the ones that I didn't mention earlier. Okay. Um, independentwrestling.tv promo code at odds new subscriber let Jerry know that you came to him from us everyone's calling excuse me doom and gloom for IWTV Um, I know losing CZW this week to not fight plus but the other fight plus that the guys who left fight plus went to start is a big hit losing paradigm pro to fight plus not so much Um, it's just it like it's going to be interesting. I, I still support Jerry. Jerry's my friend. I've known Jerry for almost 25 years. 
Uh, so I hope, uh, you know, he kind of writes the ship going forward in 2023. Um, but like I said, promo code at odds, new subscriber, go check out the stuff that they have going on over there. Uh, T public is having a sale until I think Saturday, 35% off. They keep changing their cutoff date of when the last day that they can ship stuff before the holidays is it was the 14th. Now it's the 16th. Now it's the 17th. As long as they keep doing it, it's 35% off. Go get some designs inspired by At Odds, some of the other shows on the soon-to-be-named network. You want to support the show, of course. Uh, you can make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. It is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter how it is that you get uh, your episode. Check out the show notes. Does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this week include uh, somebody purchased the Batmobile manual inside the Dark Knight's most iconic rides. Oh. Joe, Joe, what's your favorite Batmobile? Quick, like for movies or TV. Um, I would say the Adam West 60s Batman. Uh, Batman. Oh, God. You're fucking old. It's the Tumblr. I'm old! That's the correct, the correct answer is the Tumblr. All right, thank you. No, the Tumblr stinks. You stink. Uh, somebody also purchased Hot Socks Women's <laughs> Artist Series Novelty Fashion Casual Cruise Socks Hoseries in Light Turquoise. Oh, somebody's going to be having some christmas cheer <laughs> right uh somebody purchased arcane tinman sleeves dragon shield matte finish sapphire i assume that these are sleeves for your magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon cards uh that person will not be having christmas cheer <laughs> <laughs> yes they will uh somebody also purchased the bioshock big daddy 3d wood puzzle and model figure kit with exclusive poster, build and paint your own 3D game toy, holiday educational gift for kids. I'm not really sure how it could be for kids. When it also said teens, adults, no glue required, 17 and up. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I am now anti-model building, so right. uh, I hopefully that wasn't bought for me. <laughs> I hope they bought it in spite of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just show me, like, what they can do. You right. know? And somebody also purchased a six-piece earwax removal kit, professional double-headed ear pick, earwax removal <laughs> tools, 316L stainless steel ear cleaner curette with cleaning brush, storage box, suit for kid adult gold. <laughs> All right. I don't have a comeback for that one. That one caught me off guard. <laughs> That's someone who has filthy fucking ears. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate them using our click-through, though. Right. I sleep. Uh, I go to bed with my like earbuds in. I listen to podcasts at night to go to bed. Uh, and there's, like, after a couple days, my my uh, I, I do have a lot of buildup, you know. Um, but I just get a warm washcloth. I put some soap on it. And I really get that fucker in there, right? Uh, and then uh, I have... Uh, Enough. Then I have a special electric toothbrush that oh. I use to clean the earwax out of my earbuds. Stop, stop, stop with all this. Move on. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, everyone, who made a purchase to the Amazon affiliate link, whether it be this week, this month, this year. It's all greatly appreciated. Yeah. <sighs>
Well, I did my plug, so I think it's time for the best part of the show. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Uh, Joe, I, I bought a lot of things this week, but I did a lot of Christmas shopping. Uh, like, I've been dragging my feet. I think I might have mentioned it before, but I've been dragging my feet, and I'm like, all right, Christmas is, like, a w- little bit more than a week away, so I should finish that up. Uh, so I am 100% done on Christmas shopping. I'm not going to go into detail on any of that stuff, but I got it all done. It's not necessarily all in hand, but, uh, you know, everything is coming from places that, you know, should ship it on time. And if it's not here on time, it's for people that I won't necessarily see on Christmas or Christmas Day, you know, so I'm not worried. Um, But I did make a couple purchases and I will start off with one. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but series three of the major bendies came out. Now, I didn't buy any of those because, you know. Buying major bendies from major pod merch, whatever. That's not for me, Joe. That's not what I do. I don't buy those. I think that that's passe. I'm out of the the, the common major bendy game. Uh, but I'm not out of the store exclusive major bendy game. <laughs> so I uh. bought I bought the wrestling collector shop exclusive Chelsea micro brawler. Because or not micro brawler, major bendy. Um, because you know I needed one, and uh, it's a terrible looking figure. I, I, just don't get me wrong; it's probably they're get they're getting worse looking if that's if all possible. But I still I still bought it because I'm me. Uh, and uh, they mentioned on the pod this week that they're up to forty bendies they came out with this year, and I was like, that can't be right. And I went and I looked and like with chases and exclusives and all that stuff and the stupid tires bendy. I was like, holy shit, they've come out with 40 fucking major bendies this year. So say what you want about Broski, but the trains run on time around there. Okay. (laughs) But uh, that's my, my first purchase. Joe, do you have anything? I do, actually. Um, So I was kind of dragging my feet on this a little bit only because of a time issue. Um, so earlier this year, um, Gilbert Gottfried passed away, and Gilbert was absolutely one of my favorite comedians, performers, personalities. Um, <clears throat> just such a unique presence, just such a unique person altogether. And uh, toward the end of the fall, uh, Frank Santopadre, who did the uh, podcast with Gilbert, got a bunch of their friends and family and all sorts of people together. And they kind of did, like, a big, like, eulogy celebration of life thing for Gilbert, okay? Um, And it's like, well, it's going to come out as a podcast. What are they going to do? How are they going to do it? Well, a week ago, they put it up through this thing called Moment.co, right? And the way that it works is you pay $12 and you get access to the video of it, Okay. And the thing is, whenever it is that you pay, it's o- it's only available for a week, and when you pay for it, you only have access to the video file for seven days. 
So okay. it's not like one of those things that like, oh, I'll just buy it and I'll watch it whenever I get a chance. It's like, no, no, no. One of these things where like, I got to make sure that I have time to watch this thing so that like, I don't lose my $12, right? So mm-hmm. as we're recording this, the offer ends at midnight. So I purchased it today. So I have seven days from now until next week to watch it. And how long is it, do you say? Uh, I, I don't know how long the whole thing is. Um, but again, like, you know, it's probably like an hour or two long. I'd guess closer to two hours, you know? Yeah. Well, you'll um, have to like sacrifice one of the 75 podcasts you had planned to listen yeah. to, you know? I'm kind of sort of caught up. I've been like double dipping on some stuff. You know, people have been like not doing things because, you know, other people slow down and don't do as much, uh, as it gets toward the end of the year for their podcast or just cancel their podcast altogether. Not here. Not at the soon to be named network. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Um, do you have any other purchases? That's it, man. Like I said, it's Chris. Oh, you know, uh, you know what? It's all Christmas gifts. The last of the Christmas gifts that I got, I got one last thing for my wife, and it came in relatively quick. And then uh, the thing that I got for my kid, he's asleep, so I could say it. The big gift that we got him this year was a ping pong table, and I got a Black Friday deal on a really good one. And I bought it on Black Friday, and they said it was supposed to arrive on Monday of this past week. And I got no notifications of a change of the shipping. And if I did, and I got a notification that said the shipping now is the 27th of December, I probably would have ordered something else. But, like, now it's too close to Christmas for me to cancel, and I just got to cross my fingers and hope that it changes. There's other stuff that I'd purchased, like non-Christmas stuff. Um, But it was like, oh, this item, even with Prime, isn't going to ship until, like, January 8th, and it showed up today, you know? So I think Amazon shipping right now is a little screwy, you know? let me ask you this, and I might be able to help you with something. If you go to the listing of that product right now, yes. Um, what does it say? Like, if you were to buy it right this second, what's the shipping date for a new customer buying that item? Let me look. Because, uh, and I'll explain. Oh, now, this. see, see, as we talk, right now, it's saying that it's going to be here on Saturday. Okay. So, so like, literally, yesterday, it said it wasn't going to be here until the 27th. Gotcha. So, so I you bought, see what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So I bought my mom uh, something from Amazon. And what, before I went to check out, it said in stock, you know, I have Prime. So it said like, you know, order by 5 p.m. and you'll get it the day after tomorrow, you know. Uh, so I order it. You know, I'm happy to, to like that's going to be no problem. And then I look at it and it says uh, shipping by December 20th. And this is like, I guess, the the 13th that I ordered it or the 12th. Right. And I'm like, well, that's cutting it close. And why is it going to take nine days to ship when it just told me that it was going to ship like the next day and be like overnighted, basically? So this actually is a trick that helped me with some figures. If you ever have an item where you order it and it tells you that you'll get it in like a day or two, and as soon as you place the order – uh, the shipping date is like in the future, like weeks or even months, which I've yeah. seen happen with figures. Uh, go into your order history and click edit order, and then it'll have a thing that says change shipping time. Now, even though I'm sure as a, a Prime member, you always you default to the, the fastest shipping. Yeah. For whatever reason, when you click on that, the only shipping time it gives you is the Prime. You, but if you click on that same Prime shipping and hit save, it like unfreezes the item from being like weeks away. 
So I did that with the item that I got for my mom that, like, I, again, it says it was going to ship on the 20th. I went into the order, said change shipping, just cl- chose prime shipping again. And like 10 minutes later, it says, like, arriving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird fix that somebody, like, in the toy community taught me. And it's worked for me several times with Amazon. Right. So, like I said, this thing I purchased on the 25th, and it told me that it would shit, like, I would have it by the 12th. I'm like, that's plenty of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't care. Um, you know, it was a Black Friday deal, whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. And. You know, like I said, you know, me and my just yesterday, me and my wife are like, shit, it's not going to be until the 27th. And then we're checking it today and it says Saturday. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to come over and play it. I'm pretty good at ping pong. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it because like I think we talked about on the show. We went to Philly um, a couple months ago and we went to that ping pong place. He really liked it. And like, yeah. he's still been talking about it a bunch. Um, he tells all his little friends about how cool it was. Yeah. And, like, he has no idea that, like, this is something that we could even get, you know? And yeah, I probably plan- think so. You could only get them if you're, like, a professional organization something. or something. Yeah. And, and the plan is, obviously, it's going to be difficult with him being here on Saturday, but is to get it in the house and have it set up downstairs. He opens up all of his Christmas stuff. The last thing that he opens up is a thing of the paddles and balls with a note that says, go downstairs. That's awesome. You know, so yeah. like, like even though like he's at the age, he doesn't believe he's he's in on it. You know, he watched the Roddy Piper Bobby <laughs> Eaton thing that we put on before, so he knows what's up. Um, but like, we still like to surprise him and give him cool shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, one other purchase. Uh, I, I've I've mentioned this before. Like a, a couple months ago, I had bought those dissected cell phones, and they were framed. If you remember, like the dissected iPhone, the d- dissected first Android phone. Yeah. So like, I have a soft spot for like phone history. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but years ago, I bought, and this is maybe like five six years ago, uh, I bought this Sanyo flip phone. That was uh, very, very briefly ESPN had their own cell phone service. And this is prior to like smartphones existing. So on eBay, I actually found like dead stock of that phone. So it was like a sealed box of oh, okay. ESPN phone. Uh, and it was like, you know, still sealed with all the, the packaging and whatever. So when I got that, and that was actually one of the first phones that I sold when I first started working at the importer exporter business like 18 years ago. So when I was able to find one, that was like brand new, like never touched. Uh, I jumped on it. So like, I always joked with a friend of the show, Dave Holden, that I want to buy a lot of like the classic phones. uh, But I want them like, for lack of better terms, like mint on card, you know, mint in box. Um, So I have something on my save search for years. I'm not even exaggerating years and years and years uh, that actually came up and I purchased the HTC, if you remember that phone company, long since, well, they're not dead, but they might as well be dead. Uh, but the HTC Nexus One, uh, which the Nexus line of phones existed. Uh, there was the Nexus One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six, Six P, the Galaxy Nexus, and then eventually they rebranded it as the Pixel which is what I'm currently on the Pixel 7 Pro. Okay. So it's the great, great, great granddaddy of uh, like uh, high-end Google phones. But this phone's from 2010, 
and I managed to get one that is still in its box, unused, with all the original packing stuff on it, the original uh, screen protector that says, like, welcome to your Nexus One and all that stuff. So uh, I, I've seen many of them for sale, but it's hard to get one in the box, let alone one that's not been used. So uh, I finally was able to get that, and I'm adding it to – it's now up to two items in my cell phone museum <laughs> that's uh, going on. So it's you're a weird need- thing that nobody will appreciate but me, but uh, I wanted it, you know? You're, you're going to need to add another wing onto the house. You have the grease room. You have the defaults. <laughs> And now yep. you have cell phones throughout history. Yeah, well, it's just a grease shelf, so maybe uh, we can have like a cell phone shelf as well. Gotcha. But uh, that's it for me, Joe. That's all I got is the the major bendy in that cell phone because uh, like it's been mostly me buying Christmas stuff. So, so, Adam, there is one more thing that we have to discuss. Okay. Oh. So before we started recording, I loaded two things onto the soundboard because. Adam, a group of us, several of us, very select uh, tastemakers, if you will, were promised something by December 14th, right? We were promised something in February of 2023, and that day came and went. We were promised something summer of 2023. 2022. And that day came and went. We were promised October 2022, and that day came and went. And then we were promised December 14th of 2022. And that day came and went. And we start recording this at 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the 15th. And I loaded two things into the soundboard, Adam. And one was going to be if I didn't get my shipping notification for my Double J Zombie Sailor Toys figure. And the other one would be if I did get my shipping notification for my... Double J zombie sailor figure retro figure. And Adam, while we were recording, (laughs) I got my shipping notification. I'm going to let this play for the rest of the episode. (laughs) The long ish national nightmare is almost over, Adam. It's a little loud. You might have to turn it down. I, I, I purposely did it lower than I had it the last time, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still hard to hear you. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's impressive that it happened. So you got your shipping notification now. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting a tracking number doesn't mean shit. I understand. It could still take a week for there to be movement on that tracking number. So do you, let me ask you this question. Now that you have, at the very least, a tracking number. Yes. Is it, is it like all's forgiven? You're happy, no. or are you going to be like, all right? Well, is it going to take if it takes ten days for that thing to be in your house? Are you going to be mad? No. Um. So at this point, I'm just happy that it shipped. Okay. Yeah. But it's not over yet. I need to get it in my hands. Would I love to have it in my hands before Christmas? Yes. Would it be hilarious if I get it on or before the twenty sixth? Absolutely. Yep, the 17-month anniversary of the original pre-order. If it comes and arrives on my doorstep the 17-month anniversary, it would be hilarious, right? Yeah. But then, when that thing comes, that that thing better be in the best fucking shape of any goddamn thing that I've ever gotten in my entire life. (laughs) I I, I don't want to say I hope, but I would not be surprised if it was just rolled up and thrown in a bag. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it. 
Yeah. So again, the fact that I got the shipping notification, we were promised to have it on the 14th, we got it on the 15th. I know that don't mean nothing, but it means something, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, I-, I am shocked that there hasn't been, because every single zombie sailor figure once they're in his hands he shows pictures of like the stacks and stacks of boxes and here's here's 50 you know uh broski and hawkins figures here's 100 you know whoever else was in that first line it's escaping me um but i know bravo earl hebner and sabu yeah so it's like oh here's 100 sabus I, I haven't checked social media since we started this podcast, but I'm really surprised that we haven't seen these giant pallets of jo- double J figures. And I, I'm not saying that he doesn't have them, but I'm not ruling out that he doesn't have them. Like, like, Oh, they're at the port and he was assured that they'll be in his hands by December 16th. So I'm just going to go ahead and make the shipping labels to stall. Because I haven't seen those pictures yet, and that's got me worried for you. It's got me worried too, yeah. but at least I got something, you know? You got that email. So let me ask you this. Do you delete your original email and just save the new email? Because that's what I do. That's what I do. Okay, yeah. you keep Because it gets moved up to the top of the queue because it's more likely to be soon to be deletable for weekly purchases. <laughs> <laughs> But and that so and that's the other thing is even when you go in it says items in this shipment double J San Diego pre order ships ETA February twenty twenty two yeah <laughs> he, he should update that <laughs> that's an easy fix ah uh, but right, you know it says la- and it says label created not yet in system yeah well it'll be in the system when they arrive on the docks. <laughs> and then he put up on he put up on Instagram last Tuesday that they came into the docks. Then they came in last Tuesday, and they've just been sitting there for I don't fucking know what reason, right? Yeah, I mean he said it, but he doesn't have any pictures of the ones that have arrived. He they said on Broski and Hawkins podcast, like oh zombie showed us some like uh, samples of the the Jeff Jarrett, you know that that are in hand. Well, and I'm like, all right, well, samples get shipped separately from the sellable units. You know, you might get a case of like 10 samples just to make sure everything's cool before we, you know, send them over to you. Uh, just because he had the samples in his hands doesn't mean he has the finished product. I And like I said, I'm just like the fact that I have a shipping thing. I'm like, OK, at least the ball is moved for the first time in almost 17 months. Yeah. Well, the good news is, and and again, I'm happy that you have that. Uh, Anytime we can talk a little bit less about Jeff Jarrett on this podcast is is a good thing. Uh, (laughs) I kid. But uh, at least Zombie uh, has promised us multiple figures arriving in 2023. Um, Obviously, the Johnny Gargano, Little Johnny, Little Mean Johnny went on sale last night. uh, Tonight. well, pre-order, yeah, for the major group. Yeah, if you're in the Patreon group, it went on sale last night. If you're general public, it went on sale you know, while we were recording. Uh, and he promises that that's going to be in, in our hands within, like, I think he said, like, five months. Uh, and he Zombies said they were going to ship in the summer. Oh, yeah, that's right. And summer can go all the way to, like, August something, you know, so... Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, he's got this all figured out. Everything's going to be much quicker. Uh, and I definitely didn't pre-order uh, a Johnny Gargano zombie sailor figure. So, of course you did. 
What? No, I said I didn't. Did you order two because there's two different cardings on it? No, it's a one in ten chase. I would never like buy ten of them to try to get that or multiples. If I did buy one, you know, just for the bit, so that in six, seven months we can go through this all over again with another figure, I would have only bought one. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. And I'm sure you got a real good deal on it because you get the uh, good brother discount for being a major uh, toy boy. Oh, um, so uh, apparently Series 2, like, again, I didn't because I didn't pre-order one, but Series 2, which was like the the Raven set and all that stuff, everybody other than Raven, obviously, was $40 uh, to the general public. So Zombie offered to major Patreon members a $5 discount if you pre-ordered last night, and the discount brought the figure down to $38 before tax and shipping so uh yeah you got uh you got five bucks off joe but it was five bucks off a, a newly raised price mm. yeah raven is 45 uh all the other figures in that series were 40 uh i think the discount was like f- you know it was like whatever it would end up being five bucks off each yeah yeah so uh, like I said, I, I'd be curious to see how long that Gargano co- takes for uh, anybody who had pre-ordered it for it to come in. Uh, again, I did not pre-order it, but uh, I'm very curious uh, how long it, it it's going to take to arrive. Because I'm sure Zombie's going to be on the nose on this one. Uh, but I, again, I did not pre-order one because I, I would not do that. Promising 15 figures shipped in 2023, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. He 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 couldn't get he couldn't get four out this year. <laughs> Double J will be five, right? Uh well, whatever series one was came out this year, right? About four figures. Uh no, five, five. Five. So okay, five figures plus Double J is six. Yes. Yeah. So so he's doubling plus for next year. <laughs> yeah. And I know he's counting in that. So you got the new series, which is five figures, right? Yeah. Uh, you got Johnny, you got the new Sabu, you got the Danhausen, that's eight. And we've seen like the the whatever's for Roadkill. And then there's the second Andre with the black singlet. So that's nine that we know of for sure. Okay. Yeah, so probably like a series of four that he hasn't at least said the exact lineup for or something to that effect. Right, exactly. So he's guaranteeing that that 15 will be shipping in 2023. I'm sure he's gonna nail it. I, I think that this is the year of Zombie Sailor. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn face on Zombie Sailor toys. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the year. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, unless somebody a uh, remarkable gets announced for the next sets or the next series, um, I wash my hands after this Raven thing. Yeah, and like I said, I I washed my hands after the Broski and Hawkins ones because I definitely didn't pre-order a Johnny Gargano. Like, definitely didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm done. I wash my hands. All right. But that's it for me, Joe. All right. That's it for everyone. Uh, like I said, next week we're watching a Christmas bounty uh, for Adam's homework. Why is the Miz in so many shitty Christmas WB movies? Uh, but closing out episode 220 of At Odds with Wrestling, everyone, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. 